Cheers, y'all. Welcome, my friends, to this fine little radio program known internationally, my buddy's traveling again, uh, known internationally as uh, Smokin' and Toastin'. We are the show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Today is show number 151. Amazing. And we're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth by BB Italia on Memorial in Houston and BB Lemon on Washington Ave and even a brand new BB creation coming soon. So Can't wait to see that. More details on that. That's so, be awesome. uh, so welcome to the show. Uh, before we uh, before we get started, um, I have to ask our producer Adam to grab uh, the mic for a second. Adam on the wheels of steel, grab grab your mic there, Adam. So, so Adam's uh, the past couple of weeks has been Hello. has been uh, training some uh, some people to stand in for him because he's going. Where are you going next week? To I'm going on a cruise to Cozumel, Belize, and. Uh, Mahogany or Maho- something like that bay, Mahogany Bay or something do or we, another. Do we pay him too much? I was just about to point <laughs> out there's some real inequity going on here. The producer, I don't get a cruise, is traveling to Cozumel, <laughs> and we'll be here, uh, but we'll be tasting beers and stuff. No, seriously, have a have a great time. Yeah, I, absolutely. Well, I was going to get y'all some cigars, but oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll be in international waters. Hello, yep, get some there's Cubans. that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, man, have a have a good trip. We will. Uh, we will miss you, but thanks to Caitlin, who is sitting in. Are, is Caitlin here next week? Is that you? Yeah, Caitlin will be All taking right. care of you. Awesome. Well, Caitlin, Caitlin will be on the wheels of steel. So if you sense a different style and a different rhythm to the program next week, uh, that'll be all about Caitlin. So, uh, so welcome to the show, Ian. It is a show, as I said, number one hundred and fifty-one. Um, and madness on today's show. A big question for you, my friend: Is craft beer dying? Oh hell no! Okay, so uh, one—I <laughs> don't even understand that question. Uh, see, and I was a little thrown by it myself. But one very prominent brewmaster, craft beer brewmaster, has penned an article, and we'll excerpt a few pieces of it and talk about it. But he says craft beer is dying. Okay, the, as a, and he's not talking about the marketplace. He's talking about as as an, as an I, I start to say form? as an art form. I don't know if that's the right phrase to use or not but but yeah he's saying basically what made it special is no longer as special all right well we'll get into that because i think i i I don't know i want to hear his point of view but i think that uh i don't think that's true yeah i i don't feel that way that immediately raises my hackles right so so this i thought would be right now i'm like yeah see exactly so that's why i thought it'd be interesting for us to discuss i'm sure he makes some great points so we'll 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 see what he has to say all right we'll we'll share that later in the show plus 10 great cigars to pair with your morning coffee are you you're a coffee guy right you know uh so i've recently in the last few years really started uh enjoying coffee in the morning 
And uh, largely due to the fact that I can now get coffee in like 30 seconds. Right. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, is it ever going to be ready? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's, that's I don't, so you true. know, I, I'm not a coffee geek. I like, it, it's got to at least be good coffee. And, mm-hmm. and right out of my Keurig machine is just fine. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have to have like, now there are coffee like my purists. brother has to have the French yeah. press. Yes, and, and, of course. Yes. And he has to go, you know. Buy his coffee beans and then massage them he gently flies to Guatemala he and buys them the and, beans himself. And, and, yeah, he's yeah. he's that coffee geek, and I, and I leave that to him. I have enough hobbies. Well, so exactly, <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> I, I'd rather have a beer, but but yes, no. And I'm not a big coffee guy, although I I do understand the pairing of coffee right. and well, cigars. I will tell you this morning. Yeah. I had a coffee, and, and and I do this from time to time in my morning because sometimes I do the cigar review in the morning. I have it with coffee pretty often, and man. I love coffee and cigar, especially yeah. certain cigars go so well. Mm-hmm. And so I love to hear that because I want to tell you about my uh, uh, my experience this morning, as a matter of fact. Oh, so will this be the cigar you'll be telling us about? Yes. Did you enjoy it with the coffee? Yes. Okay. I'll, be, I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, it's an article that came from Cigar Aficionado. And to be honest, Ian, I don't know if it packs enough punch. So I'm going to add two words to it. Oh. And let's see if it becomes more exciting. Ready? Instead of just 10 great cigars to pair with your morning coffee, how about 10 great cigars to pair with your morning coffee right, right now? now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. It came from Cigar Aficionado. I was surprised you it wasn't was gonna... on there. Yeah, I was surprised right it wasn't on there. So um, we will talk about a new craft beer trend. Right now. Right now. Uh, and I, I will tell you how I feel about it. It'll be interesting to see how you feel about it. The trend is bringing babies to breweries. Wait, wait. Bringing babies to breweries or bringing yeah. babies to breweries? Right now. Right now. Yeah. Right now. Sure. Right now. Uh, I actually have opinions on that, too. I'll, yeah. Uh, I'll so so that, that'll be uh, very interesting. And Irish Whiskey wins best in the world. We'll tell you about that. And uh, we have, I think, some really interesting things to taste today. Toppling Goliath Brewing is a uh, brewery we've tasted some of their uh, wonderful beers before. I don't think we've ever had a bad beer from them. We've never had a lager either. Mm-mm. So I'm excited about this. It's no, when I think of them, I think of bigger beers generally. Yeah. Yes, generally IPAs or some of their big, right, right. you know, bigger beers. Um, Dorothy's New World Lager from uh, Toppling Goliath Brewing. So I'm really excited about this, mm-hmm. and I have not had any of this. So I don't know how it uh, don't know how it goes. Now I know you're a big fan of Bell's. I am a big fan of Bell's. Comstock, Michigan. Bell's has released, or at least they may have had this out for a while. I've seen it for the first time. I grabbed a six-pack and brought one in today for us to taste. It's Bell's Smitten, a dry-hopped pale ale. I can't wait to try that. I haven't tried that one. I will tell you this. You're a big fan of the uh, Two-Hearted Ale. The Two-Hearted Ale is one of the best IPAs and has been since like the very first time I tasted it. What's interesting to me about Two-Hearted is that it's not what I would call a fancy IPA. Nope. They didn't do a whole bunch of crazy stuff. It's not like it's just using some weird good. hops imported from the other side of the world necessarily. It's just a really, it's like they did the basics and they did them really, really well. Right. So that IPA is much akin to going to a place that does home style cooking and getting the best meatloaf ever. That's a really like, good way to put meatloaf it. Meatloaf yeah. is not a fancy thing in and of itself. But boy, you can, can it make be it delicious. fancy, and yeah. I've seen places try to make it fancy. Uh huh. But it's still meatloaf inherently. Well, it, IPAs are the same way. You can be as fancy as you want with it, but an IPA is still an IPA, and that is one of the absolute pinnacles of a drinkable IPA. So, so I'll be really curious to see what you think of this pale ale. It's dry hopped. Uh, it's a, a, it's called Smitten. And well, uh, I'll be I'll be frank with you. Everything I've had from Bell's, I think, is a good beer. Even the beers I don't really like from Bell's, yeah, meh. 
they're still good beers. Right. Like, they're still better than most. They're just not maybe. Yeah, they your have one. Style um, or I think it's the Kalamazoo stout that has the uh, anise fruit in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of that flavor, but it's right. a drinkable beer. It's good. Yeah. I mean, every, you just taste the craftsmanship and what they do. I, I'm just. Really, really love that brewery. A little bit of a fanboy. I'm going to let you introduce the third beer, and mostly because I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I assume it's uh, Skytail. Skytail? 427. Skytail, maybe? S-C-Y-T-A-L. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. It's Great Basin Brewing, perhaps. uh, Listen, I don't know how to say this, Cruz, but uh, Skytail? 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 Skytail. Anyway, we're going to go with Phonetic. S-C-Y-T-A-L-E, Skytail. It's Skytail 427. It's a barrel-aged imperial stout yes. from Great Basin Brewing, yes. Sparks, Nevada. And I'll say this about Great Basin, that's another brewery that we've never had a beer from them that we haven't raised. They're on about. top of it, too. I reached yeah. out to them saying, hey, we're going to review your beer today. And they were like, I got within minutes, they were back like, hey, we got your email. Oh, awesome. Share it out. We'll share it out. And <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. All right, Great Basin. If you guys are with like us, it. <laughs> if you guys are with us, tell us how to pronounce Skytail. And if we're right if we're right or wrong, we'd appreciate right. that. I'm sure Wiki Brian will, uh, will chime in here right. momentarily. <laughs> okay, so our spirit today is really special. I was, uh, I was planning to bring in... <coughs> a, excuse me. I was planning to bring in a rum that I thought you would really enjoy. Uh, as you know, uh, you know that I'm a fan of the rum. But Keegan, who works in our office here, mm-hmm. who is a very um, knowledgeable whiskey dude, ah. uh, has uh, he sent an email uh, the other day and said, "Hey, would you guys like to taste this? I got a bottle of it, and it's the Glen Glossa Revival, Glen Glossa." That's I think just it's fun to say, it, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sure I'm not saying. Well, that you remember, right remember, he's the one that had the uh, the bottle blackened. He That's just had right. like we were talking about it, and he's like, "Oh, I have one of those." Yes, I know. <laughs> he's, of he's, on, he's on top of it. So, uh, this is a single malt Scotch from the Glenglossa Distillery uh, in Scotland, in uh, Port Portsoy. And I will tell you why when we get to this. I'll tell you why this is so special. It is brand new. It's very hard to find. Hence Keegan, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, it's I, I, I haven't tasted it, but I'm the, really the whiskey's excited. hard to find. Not Keegan. Keegan's yeah, actually Keegan's easy actually. To find. In fact, I could walk down the hall and right, probably right, find right him right there. now. So, yeah. So that's all great stuff to taste, or at least I'm thinking it will be great stuff. We're enjoying some show beers. Ian brought me a Fireman's Four, which is delicious, and I brought you a. Uh, Saint, it's one of your faves. It's the St. Arnold uh, Oktoberfest. I, you know, I, I they come we call out them with show seems... beers just because we drink them. These are not the ones we're reviewing. <laughs> right, we're not reviewing these yeah. but i will tell you that i think they came out with this even earlier this year than they did last year because mm-hmm. it is full height of summer right now and i'm drinking oktoberfest but i will tell you i'm not sad about it this is still to my to my palate one of my absolute favorite beers i love this beer yeah i will try it to really drink them out of it it really is good it's one of those that boy, if they could ever find it in their little hearts at st arnold to put this out all well, year the thing I know about this is since it just came out, I'm sure there's a few kegs of it floating around, and I'm going to have mm-hmm. one in my kegerator before long. Mm. Yeah, buddy. Maybe two. You're the kegerator man. <laughs> maybe two. I'm pretty sure craft beer isn't dying. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to try and keep it alive. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to give it mouth to mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I like this idea. See, every now and then, Ian, you come up with a real winner. Sometimes there's I one. say funny. There's one right there. Um, well, uh, oh, uh, quick Quick note, we want to say thanks to last week's guest, Wayne Anderson, who was the co-founder of Spirit Hound Distillers. Oh, he was awesome. So um, 
we had the kids all come over uh, last weekend. Um, we were actually celebrating Adam's birthday, mm-hmm. and I Happy bro- birthday, Adam. broke out the uh, the Spirit Hound, uh, uh, the single malt, the mm-hmm. cask strength. Oh my goodness, was so it good. ever a hit at the Well, party. me and you stared back and forth between that and the uh and the honeyed one. Yeah, the honeyed one was bigger. And uh and I ended up choosing the honey one just because I thought my wife would enjoy it. And, did and she, she did enjoy it. Yeah. She is did there any and left? I enjoyed actually quite a bit of it. <laughs> so even though it was bigger, there is much less of it yes, now. Yes, I I hear you. I hear you. All right, so we got all that going on. Uh there's uh and there's a lot of things to talk about. And uh oh, I was just gonna mention Wayne Anderson. Our uh, our guest from last week from Spirit Hound Distillers. So uh, we also had a guest in the studio last week. It was a woman who was um, auditing. Yeah, she was kind of auditioning the show. The yeah, show, auditing she, the show. she's yeah. looking Not to potentially so. do a podcast of her own mm-hmm. out of the same studio here, and so she kind of wanted to see how it worked. And uh, what was interesting was I kept sliding Adam's uh, beers and whiskey over to her, and she would pick them up and drink them. So I was like, okay, good. I'm glad she's having a good time. Is it always like this? That was like an off-camera thing. Uh, But anyway, apparently she was in the uh, Specs in downtown Houston a couple of days after and ran into Wayne, who was there doing a tasting. Oh, how awesome. And so they had a grand old time. Nice. And and she said he was surprised that, uh, that she remembered his name. Awesome. Like, well, tough to forget Wayne. He was yeah. uh, he was he was an awesome guest. Uh, so anyway, a lot of lot of stuff going on uh, this week. I'm sure you've had a chance to smoke. In fact, I know you did because you mentioned it. I uh, did. You smoked something interesting this morning. I did. So uh, so I this one is going to be accompanied with a uh, with an interview that I did at IPCPR. Okay. Mm. So um, I was uh, I notice was... how he slipped that in there. <laughs> Very good. Very smooth. Right, IPCPR. Um, so I was uh, standing there chatting with uh, Alan Denny, mm-hmm. um, who nobody cares about. Nobody cares about him, and um, and he mentioned he goes, "Hey, right over there, see that tall guy at the booth right over there?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "His name's Sebastian. You need to go talk to him. Tell him I sent you over there." I said, "Okay." So I went over there and introduced myself, and this guy was awesome. Like he was so fun. Like we got to chat, and I was like, "Wait a second, what's that?" Matt Booth fun. He was almost that kind of like okay. not that kind of fun, but he was almost that <laughs> okay, that kind you. of fun. But anyway, you get the idea. No, this guy was great, uh, and uh, and we were chatting, and, and like to the point where I was like, "Oh, wait a second, let me turn on my let me, uh, my uh, iPad and record a little interview with it." So I recorded this interview with him, and I told him I would uh, go ahead and um, air this and let him know when I was uh, going to review the cigar. So mm-hmm. I want to play this interview first. And then, uh, and then I'll tell you about the cigar that I smoke because he talks a lot about the cigar. So I'll cut through a whole lot of me having to tell you about that, and I'll just talk Perfect. about the flavor profile. Perfect. Let's do it. Um, one of the main issues with all lighters, annoying factors, is one, the small uh, tank capacity, and two, no one enjoys purging and bleeding lighters and refilling Absolutely. constantly. All you do is just unscrew the bottom cap, and you've got a 18 milliliter fuel pod. Um, so this is roughly 18 times the capacity of a normal lighter or 30 days fuel life to be conservative. So all you do when it gets spent, just pop it in, screw in the bottom cap, and you're good to go. And there it goes. And these tips are also replaceable right here, right? Yes. So that's the other feature is uh, not dealing with the hassle of after service. No one likes having their favorite lighter. The jets get clogged over time from ash, dirt, debris and it breaks, they bring it to the store, have to send it in to after service, and they're without it for a month. It's a hassle for everyone. I have definitely had and issues no one with likes lighters. missing their favorite lighter for a month. So, <laughs> um, so both of them have a replaceable burner unit. 
so it simply pops off, no tools required, no expertise required. You just put the new one you on You just there. pop the new one on and you're good to go. There we go. Love that. Can take it out of there and we shake it out? It just looks like a standard zip. Okay. Oh, moving around a lot. There you go. Yeah, that's cool. So Zippo inserts by Zippo, so not the cheap plastic ones anymore. Exactly. Right. Single flame, That's dual flame. Right. Awesome. Yep. So you got a single flame model? Yes, sir. And the dual flame model. Super cool. I love those inserts because I have some favorite Zippo cases. You can huh? just put them in. That's exactly it. Yeah. In any of them. That's very cool. What's the uh, what's the price? What's the retail one going to be? $14.95, dual $16.95. Nice. Very affordable. Nice, very affordable. You guys got a great booth here too. And we want to show you something else. Anyway. Yeah, what you got? Follow These me. are our new candles. So Zippo's going into spirit candles now. They five ounce, they burn for 35 hours. They pour in the US. Wow. They smell wonderful. That's super cool. Yeah. You're smoking into this one here with Sebastian Decovey of <laughs> Cavalier, as you can see in the background. I like that hoodie. <laughs> nice. Tell me a little bit about your brand. Well, talking about the hoodie first, I can tell you this hoodie is a little too too tight for me, sadly. Texas did a lot of good to me, but a lot of food too. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Went from M to XL in six months. Pretty good, pretty good job. Pretty good job. <laughs> right? So tell, yeah, tell me about your cigars. Tell me about your uh, company here. So Cavalier, Cavalier Genève is originally created this uh, brand. Um, was from Switzerland, originally from Switzerland, Geneva, a couple of years ago, about four years ago. We already were in the U.S. before, changed a little bit the situation, came back to the U.S. this year, took over in-house from Dallas, Texas, the entire management of the brand for the U.S. Really fun, we have three core lines, mild to medium, the first blend we ever did, the wide series. You may want to see it. Yeah, let's go, following you. So, the white series, series being this one, white box, white mint, pretty easy to recognize, right? Um, black series here, the black two, which is basically soft box breast cigar, medium, medium plus, really flavorful, really nice cigar. And right there, the USA exclusive black series one, which is the strongest cigar we do, I'd say. Medium plus, old school Maduro mm -hmm. in a way. Uh, made really for the boutique scene so, in the U.S. Tell me about the gold on it. It says smoke gold, stay gold, smoke gold, gold stay gold. Well, and that, that has to be in the picture, right? Oh, that has to be, yeah. <laughs> well, yes. No, smoke gold, stay gold. Simply, what happened is we always work with all our designs with a, a diamond. And we started working, cleaning up boxes and everything, but wanted to keep this diamond. And the easiest way to do it was a second band, right? But a second band in diamond form doesn't work that well. Gotcha. We ended up making it as a symbol with 24 karat gold. Don't get me wrong, the cigar is not more expensive than any other cigar on the market. That would be bullshit. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, my personal opinion in it. Um, but it makes it really easily recognizable. You know, you don't need to, re to remember a name. You just need to remember the gold diamond. Smoke gold, stay gold. Make sure to grab some. Well, I'm looking. Some. I'm looking very forward to smoking this little beauty that you gave me here. Yeah, yeah there we go. And this is the black series, black series right? That's right there. Awesome. We have a couple of fun stuff up here that you may want to see. The limited edition of this year. 
there are only 1,000 bucks of 10 globally, international, in over 10 countries, which if you find some, come from them because they will not last. Get that there are not many. It's one blend, one year. That's it. Lancero, small batch, only 300 boxes, extremely small batch, every year and a half. If you find some, you Lancero guy, don't miss out on that one. Nice. And the last little baby that we have right here, Salomones, 10 count boxes. We're nearly done with those. We'll probably reappear in the market in a year and a half or something. I have to tell you, I love the styling on all these. The, the, the cigars look so good, just so gorgeous. Especially that, look at that. That's just outstanding. Little new rebranding on the double Coronas. Yeah, it's going to be nice. <laughs> well, I can't wait to try it. Thanks for your time. Hey, I appreciate it. And Lo that. Love that dude. That was a <laughs> lot of fun. Awesome, so yeah. what's funny is that guy, is, he's pretty tall too, so I, you don't see me standing up beside him because I'm holding the uh, camera there. Yeah. But you can probably tell from the upward angle that I'm holding the camera. <laughs> you know, he was so fun. He was just, he was willing to talk about and loved it. it the whole line. Really you could tell he loves about his doing. cigars. Yeah. So, uh, so I actually sent him, um, sent him an email and said, "Hey, we're talking about your cigar uh, today, and we're going to uh, air that. So hopefully he'll be sharing that out on his social media. Cool. I don't know what Love the time it. difference is uh, to Geneva right now, but um, <laughs> I'm sure that's something basic. I should probably know. But anyway, so my uh, cigar that I smoked this week was the Cavalier uh, Geneva USA exclusive. Oh. And so this one was just out for the show. Okay. Uh, as far as I know, and I, I haven't been able to find a price on this cigar at all. Okay. Like I literally looked all over the. I even called Stogies because they have some of the uh, Cavalier Genevas, and uh, and they were so nice over there. I said, Hey, listen, I'm just trying to find what the retail price is, and she tried to look it up, and she's like, We don't actually have it. Wow. So um, so I have no idea what the retail price is, but I'll talk about that in a minute. This was a Robusto five by fifty USA exclusive. Man, what a gorgeous. An amazing looking cigar. Like if you just want something to showboat, yeah, this is the cigar to have. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's got this uh, this great gold label that they have on all their cigars. Then it has this great gold leaf diamond on it, mm -hmm. just stuck directly to the wrapper. This is not something that comes off with with the uh, uh, with the uh, label or anything like that. That's stuck directly to the wrapper. And then it has this nice little footer that says USA exclusive. Beautiful dark chocolate with gold label, gold diamond, gold footer, firm, smooth feel overall. Man, what a great feeling cigar. Uh, the pre-light sniff was rich earth, uh, spice, and barnyard. It was just, uh, it, it was like a classic cigar with some spice thrown in mm -hmm. uh, uh, on the nose. It was really nice. The initial light, you know, most of the time when you light a cigar, the initial light always has a bunch of pepper in it. Sure. It just happens. It's a big, strong opening. Yes. Even if it's not a peppery cigar, a lot of times it has this. Mm -hmm. This had almost none of that. Really? This started on, on off. the light, huh? The initial light on this was chocolate. Wow. And some spice. And by spice, I mean more like a- but You're not talking pepper. You're talking more no, like- No. Have you ever had like spiced fruit, that kind of spice? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So spiced fruit is something that just went all the way- Like dark fruit with some spice mm. is something that went all the way through. So the initial light was chocolate, spice, a little tangy earth, and some sweet mocha on the, on the very back. Man, it, I couldn't believe it. Like this is like the friendliest initial light in a cigar that I think I've had. The first third of the cigar had a little bit of pepper in it, um, which was nice because uh, it went with the sweetness. It had mocha and that tangy spice, dark fruit kind of tangy spice interplay there. And the dark fruit thing was just a 
it's one of those things where you hear people say, oh, it had a little dark fruit in it, and you, sometimes you're searching for it. This was very prevalent. Like, this wow. was obvious. It was right at the outside edges towards the back of the tongue. It just sat there, and it was wonderful. Um, solid ash, perfect burn the first third of this cigar. Nice. You can see by the pictures. The second third of this, the mocha just came right up front and said, you know what? Here's sweetness and mocha all mm-hmm. In your face. Go for it. Uh, yeah, right. Dark, fruity spice uh, was second there. Uh, all all in the palate on the back of the tongue was fantastic. A little earth. Toast started creeping in, which I really enjoyed, especially with that fruity spice. Um, right when the gold leaf just starts to burn, it looks so cool. <laughs> Again, there's pictures of that. Um, so when I finally got to the third third of this, the mocha and dark chocolate were now very in front. Uh, the dark uh, fruit kind of ramped up, and then there were little hints of espresso going on in there. Now, I had this with a coffee. Remember I said that earlier, and mm-hmm. you were mentioning it with the coffee. So the coffee that I had was a, 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 like just a little Tim Hortons K-cup. Mm-hmm. So not like a super fancy coffee or anything, but right there in my uh, carrying machine. Carrying, and yeah. it went... It was lavish. These two things together wow. were so good. Sweet. Like, just it, this went so well with coffee. And it was about a medium power cigar. So it wasn't a super light one. And as a first cigar of the day, you know, a lot of times you want a f- lighter cigar. This was medium and delicious and wonderful. It was like having. It's like having dessert for breakfast almost with the coffee and the cigar. It was Sweet. so good. Sweet. Um, the whole last bit of this, man, I smoked it down until it was tiny. Again. Refer to the pictures. The uh, it's solid ash, perfect burn the entire way, even through. You burn right through that uh, that gold leaf that's affixed to the label, mm-hmm. and you smoke right through it. They say nice. smoke gold, stay gold is their thing, right? <laughs> so yeah, you smoke right through it. It's apparently like food grade gold leaf. I don't yeah, know yeah. why that exists, but you know. Well, there's a couple of other. I think like Goldschlager, uh, I guess, has gold in it, right? But, you know. And and there's also um, I'm forgetting the cigar now, but there's another cigar I can think of that's got a little stamp in, in that gold leaf on right, it. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, you smoke right through this, and uh, and man, what a delicious cigar! Now here's the kicker: price to quality. Yeah, I don't you, know. You don't know how much. I actually cost. can't. I could not find an individual price. So on on the uh, cigar now, I will tell you that other cigars are between eight and twelve dollars. All right, so for the most part that I that I saw. So I'm going to go to the higher line of this. Let's say this is a twelve dollars cigar. I'm going to give it a solid six. It was delicious, nice. absolutely delicious, nice. and wouldn't have been unhappy if I paid you know fourteen to fifteen dollars for this okay. cigar. That's um, good. It would have had no problems with that flavor profile, burn everything. It was so good the whole way through. So uh, I'm, I'm going to give it that high rating. Nice. If this cigar costs Less than $12, it gets bumped up another number. If nice. it costs $8, oh, it gets a six and a half or so. Wow. I mean, it gets a seven and a half or an eight almost. Like, wow. It was a great cigar for. That's a big number. Us. Now, if this cigar costs $20, you get a, a five or a five, a five ish. A five ish, yeah. But it's a little hard to tell, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. So, but uh, at my guess well, at the price point. $20 for a Robusto. Right. You're talking rarefied air for a Robusto. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there That's are some. That's Davidoff prices yeah. right there. You know? like, <laughs> like, I think I owe him $50 for saying that name. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, this was an amazing cigar. It was oh. fantastic. If you see one, Davidoff buy one. Davidoff online one for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're, they're calling in my account. Yeah. Um, no, if you see one, buy one. Uh, this is an amazing cigar. And I have also uh, one of their black twos at the house. Um uh, I haven't tried that one yet. That's their fuller flavored one. This mm-hmm. was the medium flavor uh, that I tried, and it was absolutely outstanding. I can't wait to try the other one. Awesome. So, how about yourself? Did you smoke anything interesting? I did. I smoked a cigar with four names. 
Well, that's, uh, that's it, a, <laughs> it's a lot going on. It's a Southern draw. Uh huh. It's their Ignite line. Uh huh. The cigar is called Jacob's Ladder. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's a top rung. Oh yeah, yeah okay. okay, okay. So <laughs> Southern draw, Ignite, Jacob's Ladder, top rung. It's a Lancero. A uh, Lancero. And uh, this cigar. That's like a box press Lancero. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's a limited release. I believe I purchased this at Casa de Monte Cristo. Because mm-hmm. I, uh, I think I've had that. Thing. And they've got a little, it's got a little pigtail cap on mm-hmm. it. Really pretty box pressed, uh, half wrapped in cedar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the pre light on it was uh, creamy and lots of wood notes. Uh, it uses a Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper, Ecuadorian uh, Maduro binder, and Nicaraguan fillers. Now let's start with the construction. I was immediately bummed because I pulled the uh, cedar casing off. I just slipped it off like you can normally do. I, I like that better than peeling because I'm always afraid if I peel that there's a chance I could snag something. You snag it, yeah. right. so, I, so I slipped it off very carefully like I do. And there was already a place where the wrapper had flaked loose. Uh-oh. A little, a little piece uh, about a uh, third of the way in from the foot of the cigar. Um, I'll be honest, I prepared myself for a disaster. As you know, I've had some of those yeah, exploding the, cigars. <laughs> the splody yeah. cigars. I like, see I see what you got there on the picture. Yeah. So um it lit nice and easy, and despite this loose wrapper piece, uh it smoked nice and straight. Now the wrapper piece is about a third of the way in, as you may be able to see on the first mm-hmm. of those of those pictures. Um so um as you'll see in the pictures. Once the burn hit the loose piece, it acted like it was the most normal thing ever and just burned right through it. Huh. Uh, I, I So maybe watched, random flaw. Yeah, I watch and continue. Well, you know, things happen. Cigars yeah. are cigars are not, um, you know, uh, you're not talking a machine-made product here. You're talking about there's variations and things can happen. So uh, the burn went right through the flake and then continued to burn perfectly. For the whole cigar. Now, see, that's that says something right there because I've had ones that are flaked like that, and then when it gets to that, it when gets, it gets really to that, weird. Yeah, forget about yeah, it. it. Yeah, it gets really no, I weird. Know. I know, or continues to you know get worse. No, I was I was bummed when I saw that. I was like, oh man, like I was really looking forward to checking the cigar out and hoping to enjoy it. Uh, well, enjoy it, I did. Let me talk now about the flavors. Wow, a big and extremely pleasant mocha flavor uh, combined with wonderful. Toastiness, also a very pleasant cocoa taste in the second half or so of the cigar. I picked up a woodiness that reminded me of applewood, oh, uh, nice. which I only know because I've used it to grill mm-hmm. on occasion. Medium to full-bodied, right in my sweet spot in terms of right the the strength that I really love a cigar to be. This was a wonderfully complex cigar. Uh, it wound around so many pleasant notes. That if I told you all of them, it would sound like I was one of those really pretentious cigar review guys. <laughs> Maybe I already am that. I don't know. But uh, in any case, uh, I started out being worried about the construction and wound up being amazed by the construction wow. for it to get through that thing with no issues. And then totally wowed by the flavor. An excellent, excellent cigar um, <clears throat> at the risk of, you know... Uh, falling into you know playing right into the hands of our critics who say we like everything. I got to tell you, ten bucks seemed like a lot for a Lancero. Not this time. Price to quality seven point five. Wow! This was an amazing cigar, Ian. Wow! I wish you know I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have known that. I have an interview with Robert Holt that I did at IPCPR. We'd have put that up 
well, like, yeah, to go you with know, it. we we should have coordinated. We should we should have made a plan. Should <laughs> have made a plan. I know uh, this cigar was so good. I'm out. I'm a. And by the way, these come in uh, when you're in the store. Um, if they if they uh, have them, they'll often have them on a table because they come in like a barrel. Yeah, uh, and that barrel says ignite in really big letters on the mm-hmm. side. And you know what it says on the very top of What's the barrel that? on the lid? Cigars for warriors. Oh yes, yes. So I'm wondering. I don't know. He's very active. Yeah, with, I don't know that. the uh, the exact you know uh, pairing in this case. Uh, whether there's any of this particular ga- uh, cigar goes to benefit cigars for warriors, or whether they're just promoting them in general. But I will say this about cigars for warriors. Our friend, uh, Trey Boring, mm-hmm. who is a, uh, a, a mastermind when it comes to the legalities of what's going mm-hmm. on with, uh, with cigars right now and is part of the uh, Cigar Rights of America, is a huge, he works tirelessly for Cigars for yes. Warriors. Uh, and we're going to have him on the show in uh, a few weeks. He's got a big event coming up. Yeah, we hadn't up. had him on in a while. We haven't had him on in a while. I want him to catch us up on legal stuff. And uh, he's got a big event coming up and uh, actually has a number of small events leading up to the big event. So we'll... If you're in the greater Houston area, we'll be telling you about all of those because Ian and I really believe in this, um, well, in both the organizations, in Cigar Rights of America, Mm -hmm. but also in Cigars for Warriors. And usually at their events, they'll be paired up with a particular um, uh, cigar company. Yeah, Yeah, a vendor. And you can go and let's say you buy a box of cigars and you'll get like a pack of stuff at no cost cost that goes along with it or at a very low cost, mm-hmm. which makes it really easy to go, I'm going to buy myself a box of cigars, and I'm going to take this entire pack and, and donate, donate pack, it yeah. to Cigars for Warriors, which what both you and I both did the Which last you don't have to do, but they have a kind right. of design to where that's a really easy a thing A really to easy do, thing yeah. to do, an easy way to make it work, and everybody leaves happy. Yeah. So, it's a, so it's a really good thing. All right. Um, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back and taste our first beer of the uh, show. It is going to be, and I'm really excited about this, the Toppling Goliath Brewing Dorothy's New World Lager uh, from Decorah, Iowa. We'll be back on uh, Smoking and Toasting right after this. It is smoking and toasting. We are uh, coming to you with craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. This is show number one hundred and fifty one, and we're brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant, eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Bacon, 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 bacon. Uh, all, all, all good stuff. Um, I noticed Ian in the uh, the video clip that we had in the last segment that you uh, you were. Uh, Goofing around with some Bugatti lighters. So uh, one of the fun things, and I, I think I mentioned this before at IPCPR, is the accessories. Like accessories yeah. are fun. Yes, they are. You know, and in most cigars and make stores- wonderful gifts for. People whose birthday is next month. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Most cigar stores, uh, you know, don't carry a ton of accessories. They carry, uh, you know, a medium to a small amount of right, accessories. Right, right. Depending on the size of the guitar. Uh, of the store, of, the of course, yes. Cigar store. I'm saying guitar store. Uh, the Depending on the size of the cigar store. but um, And some places carry more than others, but I love the new fancy stuff. Mm-hmm. And Bugatti has these lighters where you just buy these cartridges, those uh, cartridges, and you stick them in there and you don't have to worry about You don't have to do all it. the... No, you don't. It's it's literally just a little uh, um, little can of uh, lighter fluid. You just stick in there and 
screw the thing together and it works great. They had a few different models. They had the ones where you can angle the head on and everything. Mm-hmm. Now these are pretty good size lighters. So I noticed they either got to yeah. have big pockets or they're kind of more For like. For a moment, table I thought lighters. it was like the uh, the handle of a lightsaber. That right, when you but clicked man, it, it was going to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does kind of <laughs> look like that. Style wise, they're great, but they feel like really solid in your hand too. The next thing we saw in there was Zippo. Now Zippo had a great little booth. Now we all know Zippo lighters. Okay, yeah. yeah. And if you're like me, I love Zippo lighters. They're just cool, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, however, they're not always cool for cigars because it's a very soft flame. Now, right. you can use it, mm-hmm. but, you know, most of the time we like a torch. And a lot of Zippos are using the liquid uh, lighter right. fluid, which is also not as which good also for cigars. Yeah. Now, they do have the low-odor flu- uh, mm-hmm. fluid, mm-hmm. which which came about a few years back, which makes a lot of difference. Yes. Um, and I use a Zippo uh, almost exclusively for lighting my uh, uh, pipes, pipes when yeah. I use that. Mm-hmm. So, um, You've got that cool pipe lighter that you lay on its side. Right, right. So oh, it's got the hole thing. in the top where you lay it on yeah. the side, and it draws the flame right down in when you uh, when you puff on your pipe. So uh, I have a few Zippos where I bought some cheap little cigar lighter inserts that have the torches in them, but they're little mm-hmm. plastic inserts. They're not very good. They do whatever they do. Right. But Zippo saw this in the, uh, in the uh, community and I guess went, you know what? We, we can, can do, do that this. better. Yeah, yeah. I and they make idea. the high quality. They're all metal inserts for I their lighters, this. and and they fit perfectly. There's no weird space in there. They don't feel clunky when you're uh, when you're lighting it or anything. It doesn't feel like plastic, you know. Yeah. Junk. I love this. And uh, and so yeah, those are gonna be. And I don't think they're that much. I think what did they say? Uh, I I didn't listen to it while I was playing, but uh, I think they were like fifteen to twenty dollars depending on one or two torch. And uh, and of course they you know they hold a lot of fluids so nice. if you're looking for a great classy lighter and you can with any Zippo just like any other Zippo you can take it out and change your lighter skin if you're yeah, so inclined and Zippos have always been so cool and collectible yeah you know, so with you, what's on the outside so, of the lighter yeah so and, I have yeah. some real cool ones some of them are just plain brass uh, I have a few where like they're kind of wearing off some of the lettering uh, and some of them are engraved I, I just I like Zippos I think mm. they're cool yeah, it's and it's a cool. classy light you know it just yeah. looks great. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was a lot of fun. Um, we uh, we hung around and uh, looked at a lot of accessories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's there's a lot to look at. at I um, at something like that. I heard you, know? you brought beer. I did. As a matter of fact, if we could shift our attention to Mr. Torlegate, I am looking at Mr. Torlegate. You will right see now. You will see what we are about to partake of, and I'm really excited about this because, as we mentioned uh, in the first segment, Topland Goliath Brewing. I mean, they're just they're a very solid brewery. Yes, they're very creative, even though apparently. According to some, uh, crap beer is dying, but nobody told them <laughs> at Toppling Goliath because they have done a really nice job of of being inventive and, and doing some interesting things. So I thought this would be uh, really cool to taste their lager. Uh, they are from Decorah, Iowa, by the way, and I've never Iowa is one of the few states in the U.S. I've never been to, never been to Iowa. I think I've driven through it, and it was yeah? a little bit of a boring state. Yeah, I, I would I would guess that it a probably lot of corn is fields. a lot of corn. Yeah. That was a, that was a very interesting uh, pop top there. All right, completed it. That <laughs> was nice. That was nice. So it's a little bit of a false start on. Yeah. That one. So I think this is probably a uh, a low ABV, probably like about a four point six or something like that. Well, let's see what it says on here. It says mm-hmm. uh, it says live beer, please refrigerate. Or live beer. Live beer. <laughs> live beer, not live beer. Well, I think both work. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll get to. I'll read. I'll read this after I pour. You're looking uh, a little anxious. Yes, I, I'm very anxious actually, <laughs> and very excited. So the man gets uh, thirsty. Yes, it happens. It happens. So, uh, so it says, um, named after our founder's grandmother, Dorothy is our classic beauty. 
mild in body, easygoing, clean in taste. Each sip charms the senses with distinct flavor and refreshing simplicity, just like Grandma Dorothy. Our unfiltered lager is forever dear to our hearts. Well, that's kind of a nice yeah, very nice story. Let's see. Does it say anything about ABV on here? Mm, I'm sure I don't it'll see be there anything. Somewhere. But most lagers are in the in the four in the four, four something four, range. Five yeah. Range. Well, I will tell you on the nose. This this tastes this smells like kind of like a Miller Lite, but there's but there's something else in there. There's, there's that uh, a little more malty. Yeah, maybe smell just a little a little has, more hint of, of yeah. malt, but but it smells like you know a more uh, mainstream lager, I guess you would say. But I have a feeling that oh, the taste, taste yet? Will, not yet. I have a feeling that the taste will not be mainstream. Well, I, I I'm going to go ahead and point out. So first off, there's a little little hint more maltiness. It does have a very lager yes. kind of flavor. The flavor, though, when you taste this, it it's, explodes. It like, really does. It goes, like kind of all over your tongue. Right. It's really interesting. Mm. It's got such a big, bright flavor with a malty finish. Yes. Like, um, this is delicious. It's got a bit of carbonation to it, but mm-hmm. it strikes me as being exactly no, the amount that this, it needs. I want this all summer long. You realize it's like 100-something degrees Oh, I know. There. This I'll, is I'll, this totally is a this. wonderful summer beer. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Like, this is easy to drink. It has just enough body in the in the mouthfeel, too, to make it feel like a real beer, not like a watery beer. Correct. It doesn't you come know, across like, uh, yeah, like, the, like you've checked the color of the mountains before you popped it up. <laughs> That's <you know>? right. <laughs> it doesn't give you that same vibe. Um, <laughs> no, it's delicious. It, you, like you said, it's light. It, you could... You could uh, you know, you could crush it a bit at the pool or uh, at the beach in in the summer. This but is not, it's, yeah, but it's, it's got great flavor. This is not an earth shattering amount of flavor, mm-hmm. but it's exactly what this beer needs. And I love. There's a little bit of a, a little bitter with some malty sweet aftertaste going on that just lingers, and I actually really enjoy that. It's like somebody took, like a Miller, or Miller Light, and said, "How can we make this better?" Yeah, you know, like like. I see what you're doing there, but watch this. But watch this exactly. Right. Like, or it's like a it's like a chef who's uh, who's gone someplace where they you know make a sandwich and he goes, "Let me make one of those." Yeah, you know what I mean. And right. then he brings you and you go. You're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, this that's what it's supposed to be like. If this is if this was my first introduction to lager, mm-hmm. I would tell you right now, lagers would be one of my favorite things. This is outstanding. It's really, really quite yeah. good. Really, really quite good. Uh, well, uh, you want to put that back on Mr. Twirly Geek so people can see Mr. that can Twirly again. Uh, it's a uh, it, it's a really nice one. Now, uh, these are difficult to find in Texas. I'm not sure what uh, what states uh, Iowa can export beer to freely, but uh, but if you're certainly in Iowa, grab this and grab it quick because this is a uh, wonderful. Wonderful lager. Oh yeah, and if anyone from Toppling Goliath is listening to me, um, mm-hmm. send me some of this. This is this is wonderful. And by the way, send us Toppling Goliath people. Uh, send us some info on how people <laughs> can get your beers if they're not in mm-hmm. your state, because that's something that we don't. That is quite a good know. lager. I'm I'm going for well, more. Well, I've loved their IPAs that I've had a chance. We're going to we're going in for more. And they've had the they've had the great IPAs, great pale ales, mm-hmm. um, and always very creative stuff. So it's always interesting to me somebody that kind of seems to specialize in like IPAs or or the heavier beers or a combination of the two to see how they do a lager. Well, you know, and here's this the deal. Case, lagers, this case, fantastic. Lagers are uh, difficult to make uh, really, really good lagers. Right. Because uh, there's such a delicate beer overall. Mm-hmm. It's real easy to go too far one way or the other with it. You know, like too much of something and it doesn't really represent the lager anymore. 
and not enough, and it turns into you know your basic macro brew. Right. Exactly. You know. No, that's exactly right. You can you can definitely go. Okay, I'm going to get really creative and really screw a lager up. Right. Uh, but you can also not get creative enough, and that's right. You've got a course. Uh, at some point in time, if you get too creative with your meatloaf, it's just a casserole. <laughs> <laughs> that is well said, my friend. And a perfect place to uh, uh, take a break at the end of this uh, segment. We will be right back. In our next segment, uh, we're going to go with another brewery we have huge love and respect for, Bell's. Uh, they have released a uh, dry-hopped pale ale called Smitten. So we'll go there next. Plus, uh, the craft beer trend, bringing babies to breweries. Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? We will talk about that coming up I have next. Opinions. I like when you have opinions. Welcome back, my friends. It's smoking and toasting. Our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are right in the middle of show number 151. Uh, title of our show is Craft Beer Dying, and we will get to that because there's a very influential and prominent brewmaster who says that, in fact, it is. I'm going to tell you right now, today has been a great day for me on this show because I started off with, you brought me the St. Arnold Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. I knew this is what of I yours. started off with Had today. one in the fridge, and I was and like, then we went bringing to this, this for Ian. Uh, Dorothy's New World Lager mm-hmm. from Toppling Glass, which, which is still delicious. Drinking. This is a good day for craft beer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about this craft beer dying thing. I think I well, think we'll I'm going to have to go in there with uh, with one eyebrow raised, a la uh, the Rock. Well, we'll see, uh, a la the Rock, a la Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll see. Who's now one of the biggest grossing movie stars in the world? Well, like, he's got that eyebrow figure, thing. Figure it's that awesome. out. It's the eyebrow. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the it does that thing. Uh, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger could barely speak the English language, and he was at one time. Yes, the but biggest he had that thing right show. here. Well, yeah, yeah he, he certainly like... did. Plus, plus he had great, uh, he had great like taglines. You know, oh yeah, I'll be back and all Hasta that stuff. Hasta la vista, yeah, yeah. baby. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you had written those for any like serious actor, it would have been terrible. It would have been terrible. Can you see? Did like, you ever see there's an old Simpsons episode where they oh, got yeah. like the the coach? He's trying to <laughs> yes, he's, he's trying to uh, uh, coach coach him on, and he's like up and at them, up and at them. Up and at them. Up and at them. It's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's great. The Simpsons always nailed that stuff. Uh, always, always have. Um, so speaking of uh, speaking of beers, we'll see if your craft beer love affair continues on this show uh, when we try the Bell's Smitten Dry Hopped Pale Ale, which we'll be getting to in a few moments. I just want to point out, though, it's <laughs> a, we did kind of stack the deck. So you got Topping Goliath, Bell's, and Great Basin. Well, uh, it's, but again, it's I not expect like, these beers to all to be good. Okay, actually. you're absolutely right, but it's not like that's necessarily much more likely to be good than any typical show that we do. I mean, we usually True. are representing at least two out of three really great breweries that we're, you well, know, that and, we're and, familiar and with on wanna, some level. If you want to accuse us of liking everything, I want to point one simple fact out. Um, first off, we bought this beer. Right. <laughs> like, money out of my pocket bought some of these beers. Money out of your pocket bought some of these beers. I'm probably not going to get Milwaukee's best with lime. Probably not. Like, that's just not, not one I'm going to grab. I just want to, I just want to point out, last week's show. Eighth Wonder, Who Farted Brewing, and The Lost Abbey. Yeah, that's like, a little. That's were we, were we going to dislike something there? Yeah, I, I mean, we are stacking the deck yeah, a little yeah, bit. You know, that's, that's that's what I'm trying to say. So, uh, several weeks ago, Shiner, 
Levante and Fremont. Yeah. Just saying. That's yeah, so and again, when we're spending our own money on this beer, most of the time we're going to buy stuff that we pretty much have an that idea that we think with. we're like, going to like, especially if we're buying a six-pack. But it's from a brewery that's good and then it's going to be a style that we like, you know. Okay, so I bought a six-pack thinking this might be interesting to try on the show of the new uh, Dos Equis Mexican Pale Ale. I thought, what a great idea, right? Is is Dos Equis not already? It's already a Mexican a beer, Mexican, yes, but but they don't necessarily I do guess a pale ale. a Mexican ale. lager, not a pale a ale. A Mexican lager, yes. So, gotcha. So I thought, okay, this will be interesting. Oh, I think they make a lager and an ale, Dos Equis. Uh-huh. But, but in any case, uh, I thought this would be interesting. Uh, they are, uh, yes, a bigger brewery, but them trying a pale ale, that's a good idea. Uh, Ian, I just poured the last two bottles of it down the drain. Oh, you didn't turn it upside down in a margarita? No. Have you noticed no. this trend? It, it was terrible. Like it was you terrible. take you pro- you take what's probably a mediocre margarita mm-hmm. or a slushy machine margarita, mm-hmm. and you put it in a giant glass, and then you pour a really bad beer into it and leave the bottle sticking out of the top. Have yes, you seen this? I've trend? seen this trend. I don't understand. It's been it, going on for a while. Yeah, a beer arita, and now they sell it in a can. Beer arita. I've seen it. It only occurred to me though. As the last bottle, because I drank several of them, trying to, I was like, okay, maybe I just because I bought a six pack, right? You know, you know, I think maybe I just haven't developed the taste for it yet, right? Um, so, but as I was draining the last bottle, uh, getting ready to throw the bottle into the recycling bin, it occurred to me that I bypassed a wonderful opportunity. I could have brought it on the show, acted like I was so excited about it, and totally malorded you. You could have malorded me. I with totally it. could have malorded you. Although your last attempt at malorting me, I, we were not impressed with. <laughs> yes, you know, that's true. <laughs> so I, I want to point something out, though. You made a mistake. You yeah. should not pour that beer out. Yeah, that is beer that should be specifically reserved for cooling down the uh, coals on your grill a little bit. Ah, uh, good, good. Which, thought. by the mm-hmm. way, will impart a good beer flavor to your food. Or you use it to boil brats in. Yes, that's like, a good thought. Both of those are acceptable, even with, and I'm going to put air quotes up. No, I'm not even going to put air quotes. Even with bad beer. Even with bad but, beer. Yeah, forget the air quotes on that. You didn't hear those. Ian, uh, let me ask you to go back to your lager and taste it. Now, I'm a big fan of lager, especially being really cold, but this is opening up to different flavors as it warms up. I'm tasting there's some al- things I wasn't quite getting almost before. a little bit of banana in the background of mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Man, this is outstanding. Good job. It really is. Good That's... job toppling Goliath. Yeah, yeah, this is the Dorothy's This might be one lager. of the better lagers. You know what? I'm so sad that Sympathy for the Lager went away. Yeah. That was the- uh, It was a dark lager, which is what was so cool about yeah, it. Yeah, that, uh, that was the one from Carbach Brewing, which uh, mm-hmm. as soon as uh, they uh, got bought out by AB InBev, they were like, well, you can't have that lager anymore. Um, anyway, I love that lager, and- it was the only lager that I would seek out. This, I really want more of this. It's this really is good. so good. It's really good. So, um, Ian, there's a new trend that's starting to bubble up, and I bet you've seen this. Um, and that is, get, with the rise of breweries as destinations, places to go and you know, hang out on a Sunday afternoon or a Friday evening or whatever and enjoy some brews and, and maybe hang with some friends, um, the brewery that has a you know a tasting room or a brew pub is increasingly becoming a place that people are taking their children. It's a destination place. And babies. Yeah. It's a destination place, which I think 
on the surface is 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 a good thing. Uh, but most uh, breweries are increasingly popular spots to bring kids. In fact, um, uh, the, I'm looking at this article about it that was on uh, Vox, and it's talking about the brewery Jester King, and they actually advertise themselves as a family-friendly business. Now, the first wave of, oh, my God, that you're going to get about this is n- I, I don't find alarming at all, which is the, wait a second, you're taking your baby to a brewery? Like, that's bad for the baby. No, it's not. The baby's not going to drink beer. Baby's just coming to the baby's to not hand. getting shaken yeah. at the brewery, nor dangled off of a uh, off of a, a, a balcony. balcony. Michael Jackson. So style. I mean, I yeah. think you're okay. Yeah. So and and nobody's going to put beer in the baby bottle. So you know you're you're okay. I'm not crazy about this trend for other more selfish reasons, but I'd love to hear what you think about it. All right. So here's the deal. We see a lot of kids and uh, babies at breweries. <laughs> breweries. Um, are opening up and more we, so than bars, by the way, where there still seems oh, to be an age absolutely, right? Absolutely. Um, uh, well, most bars aren't like tap rooms at breweries. Mm-hmm. Breweries, tap room breweries are. Uh, here's the deal. So first off, most brewery tap rooms close kind of early. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they stay open as late as ten. Right. But a lot of them close earlier than that. Or like eight to wonder. I think they stay room. open late. But yeah. So it's not a bar. Second thing is. Different atmosphere. It's usually more family atmosphere. Like, if you go up, uh, the one that I spend more time at is uh, is Eureka Heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ride on their uh, cycling. Love those guys. Yeah, they're so nice. Uh, I, I know one of the uh, the co-owners there. Um, I ride Mini on boss. their cycling Woo-hoo. team. Oh, by the way, we're playing there this weekend. My, oh, uh, my yes. big dumb rock band is yes, playing. Yes, I love it. The uh, the Blackout Vipers will be playing at 2.30 on Saturday. Saturday afternoon, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, selfless shame there. So, anyway, uh, but they make it. Kid friendly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally they put up video games. They do all these different things. They make it kid friendly so that you can bring the family because the place is designed as a neighborhood Neighbor- destination. Neighborhood destination. Yep. They have food trucks or some kind of food. A lot of times they're available. So this is not just a we're going there to get hammered. This is a we're going to hang out. We've got a nice atmosphere, uh, and they got this big open area there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to hang out there if you want AC because they don't have right. It. It's not that type of place. So, uh, so all of those things can. Considered, uh, why is it not a problem to have babies there? Well, because frankly, even when the place is packed, the parking lot's not. Yeah. Most of those are neighborhood people who are walking, cycling, or yeah. Ubering. By the way, brash, good luck finding a place to park. Their parking right. lot is way too small. Yeah. But absolutely. I, but I, I but a lot of these places are neighborhood places right. designed to where you can walk. And people are to, walking, cycling, like taking to, an Uber. Yeah. Right. They have they have probably as much cycling racks mm-hmm. slots under cycling racks as they do parking lot and they got a big parking lot at uh, Eureka Heights so bottom line then how do you feel about this I don't have a problem with it you know okay. I, I get it kids cry kids fuss they do things they run around act crazy but they're kids you know of course they are you know I mean like you know they bring dogs too and I'm not comparing kids to dogs but dogs run around and act crazy too and I don't have a problem with dogs either they're just dogs they're you know it's like another element <laughs> So here's the part of the show now, where the kid next to me on a plane that cries all the time. Mm-hmm. I get it. You can't make a kid not cry all the time. So here's the part of the show where people are just going to hate me. Well, they probably already do, but but maybe some who haven't crossed over that line are going to. Let's now. let's go ahead and put that nail up to the coffin. Let's I I think that everything that you said is true. Why does it need to happen at my local neighborhood? Brewery. 
I already have to put up with your kids, which, by the way, you're doing a piss-poor job of controlling in public, mom and dad. Um, I already have to put up with them running around and causing disturbances at restaurants. I already have to do it at like all kinds of different like social gatherings, all kinds of different places. At, have you have you shopped at a Walmart lately? My God, if you can get out of there without trying to strangle someone, good luck, because those kids that are running around in that store will make you crazy. Okay, I want to point out with the Walmart reference, you're a little backwards because sometimes the parents are less well behaved than the kids. Yeah, well. I'm gonna point that out. That's a Walmart. That that may be a Walmart, <laughs> you know, a Walmart thing. Target then. There you go. Uh, but but here's my point. There's only a few. I mean, when I was when I was in my twenties, you know, old enough to like rent my first apartment, I was so excited that there was something called adult only apartment complexes. <laughs> so that when I was out at the pool, and you know, granted, I didn't have much money. It wasn't like I could afford to live in some really exclusive place. But I would be at the pool. I didn't have to put up kids running around all the time, making noise and yelling and screaming. And by the way, why do kids just scream like randomly? They just do. They it's just do. Crazy. They just do. If I'd done that when I was a kid, I wouldn't be here today to tell the story. <laughs> but that's a different. That's a different tale. Here's my point. Uh, I think it was during the Reagan administration they passed some kind of restriction that you couldn't have adult-only apartment complexes anymore, that that was discrimination. Guess what? I stopped being able to go to the pool and relax and enjoy it because every pool had kids running around screaming. So I know I sound like a curmudgeon, and it's okay because I'll embrace that. But all I'm saying about the breweries is there's very few places left that are an oasis from screaming kids. It's called a bar. Yeah. Maybe. But I like going to the breweries. I like going to the tap rooms. Like, why Why can't you get a sitter and come out? Well, let me get go ahead and get point your, out get that your a lot of parents really actually, like, this, this may shock you, especially after everything you mm-hmm. just said. A lot of parents actually like to spend time with their kids. By the way, I'm totally preparing for the hate mail. Because <laughs> like, I know I'm going to get it. There are some parents out there who actually like their kids and well, want to spend time with them, and, and don't I think you should have to leave them with a babysitter. I absolutely think you should. Just don't come to the brewery. <laughs> don't come to the brewery. There's plenty of other wonderful places to go. Where, by the way, your kid will have more to do and be much more entertained and engrossed than you know throwing beanbags at the cornhole game. At, and also, uh, just at the brewery. Like I, I just want to tell you this: <clears throat> like if you take your kids to the brewery and it's family friendly and your kids are running around and having a good old time. And uh, I think that most parents are at least trying, you know, to make sure that their kids are not running over everybody. God, I would hope so. I think um, some of them are doing a bad job. It's a little more acceptable for them to sit there and drink beer that, rather than them just bringing a six-pack or a 12-pack to the local park. Yeah. That looks that, a little more awkward. That, that You may be right about this. I'm just pointing, so, I'm just pointing right. out, also, there might be legality issues with just taking, you know, a six-pack to the local park. But, so, but, but frankly, again, like... Most of the time, like mm, I work with kids because I teach kids on guitar and things like that. I guess, uh, I guess to a certain degree, there's a certain amount of they're just kids. It's what they yeah. do, you know. Well, now I'm going to channel my wife for a moment uh, because in a couple of months I am going to become a grandfather. For I the know. First time. That's that's been sneaking around in yes. back of my brain. Yes, uh, back in my brain since my this wife assures me that my viewpoint on these things will change immediately and irrevocably that I will no longer be the curmudgeon who doesn't like kids uh, at my brew pub. 
<laughs> she's she's so certain of it that she's willing to actually you know wager on this. That's how certain my life is. Brian has 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 posted. Yeah, and he got lengthy on this one. He goes, "Yes, yes Cruz, it's the unsupervised children." Are a menace slash nuisance. <laughs> Some parents seem to think that the establishment is babysitting enough. And he says, no, petrol is no longer a bar. It's a restaurant. Well, that's why they close so darn early. They right. close at 10 o'clock. Then Damn they go it. to a bar. You don't have to worry about kids. Ian, so. I, I, I have to apologize. I got a little worked up during that, and it has made me really thirsty. Could we maybe try some oh. pale ale? <laughs> Why, sir? <laughs> so, all right. I'm Look sorry. at what I have all for right. you. All right, parents, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm that sorry, was just, dark. Here, here's what you could do. You could just control your kids a little better, and this would all this problem would all go away. You know, here's the deal. Most parents control their kids pretty well. It's always the few. I, I need to go to the places where you're hanging out. It's always the few. I always see, like, the opposite. You know. And I will also point out, man, if you if you see a kid, like, for instance, this is not necessarily running around... Thank you for that. That was a, uh, that was pretty good, right? Yeah. This is not the kids running around in a public place most of the time, but I'm talking mm-hmm. about like on a plane and stuff like that. Right. If you get a kid that's crying and having a fit, that's a Nirvana song. A lot of times, the parents are just as upset as you are. No, see, I, I beg to differ. The parents have learned to tune it out. They don't hear that <laughs> child screaming on the airplane. I do. I'm not used to tuning out. You your just child. need to treat. Uh, you just need to treat it like the newest Chevelle album. I just need a drink. What did I say that? I just oh, need I'm a sorry. drink. I heard what you said. <laughs> I just need a drink, uh, and that'll and that'll work for just, me. Just don't listen. Uh, all right, we are about to. You notice I went right past it. Like I didn't respond to that at all. Right. Um, <laughs> we are about to sample Bell's Smitten Dry Hopped Pale Ale. Bell's the brewery from mm, Comstock, Michigan. Got a little bit of malt and a little bit of hop right there on the. A little bit of malt and maybe a citrusy sort of a yeah, hop on the, on the nose. Yeah, sort of hop yep. right there on the nose. The mm-hmm. viscosity is nice. It's a little bubbly too. I'm gonna wait to see what you say about it. Ah, uh, my friend. It's not pale, poison, huh? My friend, the pale ale, here to soothe away the screams and cries of young children who belong to inattentive parents. Man, that has an interesting bitter on the back mm-hmm. of it. And that's really interesting it does. because the flavor it, on this hits my tongue right at the front. Yes. And almost disappears on the back of the flavor and then comes back with this little kind of lime-like uh, mm-hmm. bitter to see, it. See, I could almost see you not liking this because of that bitter on the end. I don't know if I'd seek this out. Yeah? Um, but it's a drinkable beer. Although the second sip, like once you're used to that bitter, the second sip is a little... Better. I I don't not like it. It's it's not a bad beer. I'd I'm going to go with fantastic. I think it's like really, the bitter to me is spectacular. It reminds me of what I like about a really good ESB, where that where that yeah. flavor on the finish gives you that just really but interesting bitter. This has a very lime peel kind of bitterness though. Mm-hmm. It's it's that it's that lime zest uh, bitterness. Especially on the retro hail. Again, I don't, I don't not like it. Uh, it's not something I'd seek out. It's a good quality beer. It feels, uh, mm. it feels good. You know, I dig it. I think it's, I think it's really good. But this would go up on uh, on bells. I'm probably not going to buy this one. I'd like to try it in a keg, though. I bet. Now, let me I bet ask a you keg this: keg version of this would have a little less of that bitterness. So you don't think this is nearly as good as the Two Hearted Ale? I will not decry any Bell's beer. I will say I don't like it as much. 
See, I like it almost as much. Yeah. The I too hard really ale. Good. Yeah, it's that lime. And it is definitely lime. Like in the mm-hmm. back of that is mm-hmm. definitely lime. There's no question. And I think there's but just it's a not little the, much of that for my flavor palette. It's not I, the lime flavor. I think cleaner. it's a great quality beer. I think I like everything else about it except for that one little thing. But it's and not, if that's something you like. It's like a lime uh, it's like a lime rind or a lime peel though, like you've like yes, shaved it's it. Very with your, much the zest. It's not yeah, right, it's like the zest. Thank you. That was it's the word. It's not the juice, for. it's the zest. And it, and it's definitely not the lime, you know, floor wax like a Bud Light lime. Flavor, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That that what is that? It's limey, but yeah. I will uh, tell you this: if I drank a margarita right before this and mm-hmm. then drank this beer, I would probably think it's amazing. Interesting because they of would the go weather. so well together. We like, should have done this on a tequila show. That would have been a, a you nice know. Show. It might be that this goes great with a tequila. Uh, and again, I, it's just not really my flavor profile because of that aftertaste. Uh, but you know. Can we uh, hit Mr. Torlegig again? I want people to see this. If you're a fan of the pale ale genre, if you love uh, Sierra Nevada pale ale, this is something you have to try. Now, it it is definitely more bitter than a Sierra Nevada. More hot bitter. More hot bitter, right. But uh, I don't know. I just think it's in a good way. So, uh, All right. Tell you what we'll do. We don't have tequila to taste on this show. But we do have, and it's going to be a major like uh, course correction here in terms of the palate. So we may want to even find a palate cleanser uh, between now and then. But uh, in our next segment, the Glenglassa Revival Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. It's a bit rare, and we'll tell you why and what it's all about. And we'll sample it for the first time, and that's coming up in the next segment. Plus, is craft beer dead? Is it dying? All right. It's not dead, but and it's it a diet. And as a last gasp in this episode, mm-hmm. Brian goes, what I said is right with the environment to the point, getting glared out by parents because they may be smoking or cussing in a bar slash brewery environment is annoying. Okay. That being said, don't bring your kids if you don't want to hear me cuss or smoke cigars. That's right. I'm That's just going to point that out. Absolutely correct. Yeah, you don't have that right. right. If you're in an environment you, where I'm allowed right. to cuss and smoke. You did not bring And them you bring to your a, kids. Yep. You, you do not, not have the right to look at me. You did like not I'm bring them to a fancy French restaurant. That's right. Yeah, this is this is a uh, uh, it, it's a tap room. It's yeah. a bar. It's a bar. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. I will uh, start sorting through the hate mail, and we will uh, we will try some revival <laughs> from Glenn Glassa next. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting the show that hates kids. That's not true. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just I'm just joking. I love but kids. Some people will you taste do. like yeah. chicken. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Hello. Worst Thank joke you. Ever. Okay. Reset. Are we? Is this on? Are we live? <laughs> uh, uh, Ian, you uh, mentioned earlier in the show how great your cigar was with your morning coffee. Oh, it was so good. You so really good. loved the yeah, pairing. Oh man. Uh, well, Cigar Aficionado has released a list, and and I, I enjoy right now. I enjoy going through their list. Ten great cigars to pair with your morning coffee, which would have been much better if they'd said 10 great cigars to pair with your morning coffee. The, the right now. Right now. The right now joke is because everything is clickbait. It's like, yeah, uh, so-and-so, right. blah, 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 right. right now. Click here before these cigars go away. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, 
cup of coffee for a lot of people is a morning uh, ritual, and people who are uh, big cigar fans, obviously, if you've got the time, uh, can really enjoy having a smoke with that with that cup of morning Joe. So, uh, cigar aficionado recommends. Some good pairings here. I see that first picture. You see the first one. You know I this agree. is the Oliva uh, Siri V or Siri Five Milanio Robusto. Oh, uh, it is. Uh, it, that's a great cigar a to great begin cigar, with. Yeah, it's a great I mean, cigar to begin with. Uh, but they're saying it pairs really, really well as a perfect partner for a cup of coffee. They say ideally one brewed from Sumatra beans. I don't know if you can find Sumatra bean in your Keurig. Uh, I don't know if I'd cup. be able to tell the difference. <laughs> like I, I'm not that much of a, a coffee aficionado. Now, I will say this. This next cigar, if you can't pair it with a cup of coffee, just forget about the coffee because the cigar is so good. It's the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series oh. Exclusivo. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. I, you can pair the cigar with pretty much anything. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Uh, but they say it's a perfect balance for that first cigar of the day uh, if you're like really independently wealthy. Uh, no, it didn't say that, yeah. but, but I'll say that. That's the um, one I smoke in the morning. Yeah. Uh, Exclusivo, they say, is one of the best aligned with the traditional full uh, lush Padron draw. Uh, It is a fine partner for your morning cup. Then we segue to the Arturo Fuente Rosado, the Mm sun-grown Magnamar Vitolo 44. Um, You know, this is – Fuente has so many blends, and they all look very similar. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't do a lot of – Crazy different packaging, no. other than the Opus X and and that line. But like when you're just dealing with the basic Fuente line, they all look they really, really similar, but they're not necessarily. No. And it really bears uh, bears trying. I do recommend the uh, Rosado Sun Grown Magnamar. Uh, the Monte right Cristo, now. the Monte Cristo White, Monte Cristo Court. Uh, I gave one of these to Adam for his birthday. Uh, you know, I just recently had a couple of those. They're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an elegant Connecticut seed wrapper grown in Ecuador uh, that that wraps this cigar. And they say it uh, takes about the same amount of time to smoke as it does to finish sipping a nicely brewed uh um, uh, mm. Cup of coffee. So, ooh, there's one that I had just recently too. The uh, AJ Fernandez New World Connecticut Robusto. Mm-hmm. Now, the Connecticut obviously is a, a bit lighter. AJ stuff has a tendency to be medium to full. Uh, the Connecticut's a bit lighter, uh, which has a Connecticut shade wrapper, and uh, the cigar starts off, they say, kind of fruity before it takes on a very delicate combination of cedar, leather, and lemon peel that right works now. really well with coffee. I want to point out something about the Connecticut thing. Um, a lot of companies are, are, are kind of reviving Connecticut's. Boy, not that not they kidding. ever really went out of style, but the no, thing they, is, they're a big seller. But they're a lot of experienced smokers kind of don't smoke Connecticut's because they tend to be less flavorful. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a whole uh, a whole movement right now of making Connecticut's that are nice and flavorful and good. I mean, the Aladino Connecticut the is, is, is top yep. of the rock wonderful. when it comes wonderful. to that right now. Absolutely. Um, there's been there's been some really really good ones coming out. I just wanted that New World uh, Connecticut so good. I'm gonna do my best to to like pronounce this one correctly. The Tetuaje Negotiant, N E G, O C I A N T. Negotiant. I'm gonna go with Negotiant, but I'm sure that's wrong. Uh, it's the Negotiant Monopole Number Two. They say the name of this smoke, if I could pronounce it correctly, uh, would tempt you to pair it with a fine wine. Uh, negotiant is the French term uh, for a wine merchant who assembles the produce of smaller growers and winemakers and if sells it. If it's French, I think you only pronounce the first three letters. And then... Nigel. 
and then you don't pronounce yeah, and then you else. don't pronounce anything else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nico, I surrender. Um, uh, anyway, it's topped with an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. Uh, it's toasty and nutty. They say hints of spice and a lovely orange peel finish. So that does sound like that it sounds would delicious. Yeah. Really well with coffee. Is that a magic toast? The Alec see? Bradley Magic Toast oh, Toro. What a great cigar. Uh, yep. Uh, said you know they said given its name you'd be forgiven if you thought the magic toast tasted like well toast. Uh, but bread wasn't the inspiration, but rather a night in, to, in a tobacco field that spurred uh, Alan Rubin's imagination. He is the but guy it is that blended toasty. this. Uh, it blends heavy on Honduran tobacco, uh, and it is uh, one of those things that just goes really well with an espresso or other coffee-based drinks. The Don Pepin Garcia Original Invictus Mm, uh, which is the one. one with the blue? It's got the little blue uh, Seen it, foot wrapper. It. Uh, yeah, it's um, you know Don Pepin uh, Garcia, my father's cigars. Uh, this is their classic line, and they say notes of bright toast and rich cocoa sweetness make it ideal for coffee. I'm not right fam- now. I'm not familiar with this next cigar. It's the La Colmena Amato number forty four, but it's from Warp Cigars. And uh, they, uh, it's their most traditional Cuban-style blend. They say it's a perfect partner for espresso. And finally, the Cuban Monte Cristo Petit Number no. 2. Yeah, if you've got one of these and you can smoke it with your morning coffee, invite me over. Yeah, well, that's the shortest Monte Cristo I think I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, well, it is the Petit Number no. 2. And, and, you know, the, the Cubans uh, in particular, uh, there's not a lot of really short Cuban cigars. You right. can get some Robustos, but there's not a lot of the, the Monte Cristos uh, that, are, that are short. So anyway, so there's your list of your uh, cigars that are great with your morning coffee. Right now. Right now. Yeah, I think we've, we may have beaten that horse pretty, uh, pretty <laughs> solidly, don't you think? <laughs> Uh, okay. It's an inhumane way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. That was that was uh, bad. That was bad. I, I apologize. And uh, uh, what is it? Uh, there's a Larry the Cable Guy special where every time he says something that he thinks is over the line, he says, "I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Lord. Bless the pygmies in Africa, or something like that." <laughs> which is you would have to have grown up in church for that to be funny, but uh, I did, and and that's funny. So, all right. So Glengasa. Uh, can we get Mr. Twirly Gig on the bottle oh. over there? Uh, Glenn Glossa, uh Revival. Around right now. So here's the thing Rolling about... Around. Here's the label. Yeah. So here's the thing about this, uh, this whiskey. Uh, the Revival bottling is the first whiskey to be made uh, by the recently reopened Glen Gossa Distillery. It was closed in 1986, and I don't know what you may remember about about that particular period of time, but it was not a huge time for uh, whiskey. The whiskey revival happened a few years after that. So in 1986, I don't know, maybe uh, something sales, maybe other uh, financial issues, the distillery was closed, and it was reopened and resumed production in 2008. This bottle is the first whiskey that they made starting in 2008, but it's just now aged enough that they're releasing it. It's pretty hard to find, and we want to give props and thanks to our buddy Keegan, uh, who works here in the office, who is uh, the guy who actually brought this bottle in and offered us an opportunity to taste it well, on the show because he's he's because he's a, a wonderful human being. Absolutely, and this is one of the issues with starting up uh, whiskey. You know, a lot of people they look at age statements uh, as a uh, as a statement of quality. A lot of right. times, you know, it's like how good is this? How old is it? 
kind of equate to each other. And it's not Particularly always... Particularly with single malt scotch. Right, and right. especially with scotch. Like, you know, where almost everything is at least 10 years old or 12 years old, mm-hmm. okay? So here's the problem with uh, firing up a business like that. Um, What's your business plan? Are you going to well, make what's money? What's your business plan for years one through seven? Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Are you going to make money in the first three years? No. Are you going to catch up in the next two years? No. Um, when... Like you're gonna make stuff, yeah, and then that you can't not even release sell it for ten years. For ten years, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, because that's the problem, yeah, right? Exactly. And that's that's why. So if you have a local distillery in in your town that just opened up, okay, mm-hmm. that's why they're selling a lot of times gin and vodka. Well, that's right, and uh, and or, other expressions that don't need the age statement. A or lot it's of times. why they'll do uh, you know blended whiskeys, which they'll source right, from other if they places. They want something a little higher. In. I'll give you a perfect example out of Fort Worth, Texas, TX whiskey, yep, yep. which I have tried, and I think it's quite tasty. It's good, yeah. Yeah, quite tasty uh, and not exorbitantly priced. But they opened their distillery, and instead of waiting you know, to put something on the market, they started sourcing their whiskey uh, from a different place, blending it into the first expressions of TX. By the way, they were recently purchased for a huge amount of money. These guys are going to go home and... You know they're going to do that thing. What was they're it? They're going to retire. What was it? Scrooge McDuck used to just like go into his money vault and just lounge around. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> he said yeah. Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, but uh, but that's what they're going to be able to do because they got paid uh, big time because they managed to make the brand name mean something to consumers and right. they managed to sell a lot of their blended whiskey. I don't think any of their own distillate has reached the shelves yet. That's pretty amazing yeah. to consider that if you're doing that with a blend of whiskey. So yeah, so there's but two not, models. In you Scotland, can either it's different, by the way. <laughs> you can either wait for the ten years, mm-hmm. but how do you pay your employees? How do you like right? Like, what is your business plan at that point? That's yeah. tough, and I don't know how you manage it. You know, uh, or you can sell, like you said, something blended in the meantime, or you're you're using your uh, distillate to sell, like make gin or mm-hmm. uh, right. things that take way less. But again, Age. you don't hear about a lot of that in the Scottish Highlands. That's right, because yeah. you literally have to wait that long. So, how tough is that to to? That's why you don't see a lot of new Scotch distilleries. That's right, because they have been in business for most of them decades. Right, decades in order to be at the place. I mean, you look at something like Glenfiddich or Glenmorangie. Like these guys have been doing oh. for how long? Hundreds of Hundreds. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're talking about. You're talk- they've had time to let the whiskey age. So with Glengasa, this has aged, I guess, about 10 years, would be my guess. It's so friendly. Friendly? Friendly. Does it walk right up and give you a whiskey hug? It does. It, it's it's so vanilla and... and and. Ooh, I like this. Yeah, It's what's the other thing I'm tasting in there? There's kind of a real warm... It, is there a little bit of cinnamon in there? Maybe, yeah. It's With the vanilla? This has so many things going on. Mm-hmm. And it's all gentle and friendly. This might be the friendliest, gentlest whiskey ever. The crazy thing about it is it's only about a $38 bottle. Glenglassa Revival is a distinct Highland malt scotch whiskey produced using the finest ingredients, bottled without the use of of added coloring and without chill filtration. Robust in style, sweet and fruity. I would go with that, yes. Whilst rounded and creamy. The rounded rounded is so malty round. You know what it is, Ian? It's caramel. Is that what it is? That was the flavor we were trying to play. It's a burnt kind of caramel. It's a burnt caramel, yes. And it's... 
and it blends with the vanilla, mm. but in a, in such a, a delicate kind of a way. Oh man, I want to wear this like cologne. This is <laughs> this is good. And then it says, "What is whiskey as cologne works really, really well up until the uh, traffic stop." It says sherry and notes a and a slight hint of idea. sea air. There is a little saltiness to it. So these were uh, were finished in uh, for six months in first fill sherry uh, with first fill sherry mm-hmm. uh, butts like the staves, um, and uh, this is uh, also they were matured in a mixture of first use and refill bourbon casks. Huh. So kind of hard to like figure out the science there. I'm sure somebody did. But like, okay, this will be first use, and then after first use, it goes to the refilled, and then after that, it goes to the uh, Oroloso sherry. This is so it's interesting to me because I love sherry cask finish. This does mm-hmm. not have a ton of sherry cask finish. Um, like when you mention it, I feel like there might be some influence that I'm tasting. Um, what you can get it really, on the nose, though. What really, yes. And uh, and you're right that that whole caramel, that burnt caramel kind of. Uh, flavor going through that's obviously the whiskey cask influence mm-hmm. um and uh what's what's amazing about it though when it said uh, a, a hint of sea air like i really get like a lot of these you hear me talk about a mineral finish like a mineral right taste and, in the finish. and this has got that as well like a mineral water to me the mineral is there a little bit but it really has a little slight saltiness to it that i absolutely adore it's like getting a a dark chocolate with just a tiny tiny snippet of salt in there you know what it makes me think of and to a lot of people this isn't pleasant but sometimes when you visit particularly up like in the northeast of the u.s and i'm sure this is probably true in uh, europe as well when you visit their uh, beach communities uh, i'm sorry not beach communities their oceanfront communities they're not beach communities it's not that tropical vibe like you right. get in the islands or in florida instead the the beaches are rocky and sandy and there's this certain sea salt fragrance smell in the air, in yeah. the air. that's what this reminds me of like, i actually find that the pleasant humidity but itself, a lot of people don't like it right know? the humidity itself has a saltiness to yes, it. Absolutely. yes yes absolutely yes so and you can just smell it just walking outside yes particularly on like a foggy morning i love when like you're that. uh when you're driving towards the ocean and you get mm-hmm. like I, I, what you're saying is a little different but even going towards galveston when you get within a certain amount of miles of galveston if your window's open in your car you yes. smell it Absolutely. Now, that being said, depending on which way the wind's blowing, because there's a little bit of swamp right before you get to Galveston, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that can be a little stinky. But <laughs> Well, and remember, in Galveston, uh, any medical waste that washes up on the beach is yours to keep. That is true. That's so true. that's uh, you know, it's another another <laughs> plus about, uh, uh, no, we love Galveston. We do. We just wish we had a prettier beach close to home here. But, <laughs> by the uh, Coastal Conservation Yes, mail. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're a sponsor, by the way, for this segment of Smoking and Toasting. <laughs> yeah, I doubt No, this is, this is really good. It has I salted like it a lot, ca- actually. I would say, I would say this. If, salted caramel. If you, you love said, salted yeah. caramel, this mm-hmm. right here has a great just aftertaste of that that really... That really, really is is fun. Bigelow's, I've had that same kind of flavor too, in, in a salted caramel ice cream. Bigelow's has a salted caramel tea, mm. and this reminds me of it just a little bit. Nice, just that that wonderful and, you know, flavor. And here's the thing: the is this doesn't have a huge tongue. sweetness to it. it no, has, it doesn't. And, and you said tea; it has almost more of a a, a, a tea kind of like. Well, that's that minerality. Yeah. yeah, and the minerality. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
it's this is this is good. This is interesting. The Glenn Glassoff. This one right Revival. here is this is one that I would call uh, definitely a conversation starter. Oh yes, absolutely. Because it's not like it's just oh that's a really nice whiskey and you drink it down. Mm-hmm. This is one you want to talk about and go what are you what are you getting here? So yes, absolutely. Just like a perfect bomber of craft beer, uh, you know, which is the perfect bomber of craft beer is not only delicious. But it's a conversation it's starter. A, yes. Yes, very much. Right? All right. So speaking of the perfect bomber of craft beer, we may have one of those uh, when we come back for the show because uh, we are going to be trying the Great Basin Brewing. How do we say we want to pronounce it again? <laughs> uh, Skytail. 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 It might be Saitale. Who knows? Uh, but Skytail 427. It's called the 427. It's a barrel aged imperial stout uh, from the fine folks at Great Basin Brewing who need a pronunciation guide on their website. Guys, please. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, we will be tasting that. And getting to the heart of the story here is craft beer dying. Uh, I will uh, read you some quotes from this article from a very prominent and influential brewer, and we'll see if you agree or disagree. Smoking and toasting, and we will be right back. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. This is the radio program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are uh, coming to you courtesy of our friends and sponsors at B&B Butchers and Restaurant 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. BB Lemon is right across the street. My wife has taken a real liking to BB Lemon. She loves going over there. And uh, they have this pretty nice place. Yeah, they have uh, You know what they have there? They have a lobster roll. It's hard to find a good lobster roll in Houston, yeah. Texas. They got a pretty good one over there. Man, I went to that uh what's that lobster sandwich place? Yeah. It's not uh, good. <laughs> I don't think I've been. It's not but, good. But see, it lame. it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like I don't I try not to eat like sushi in the Midwest and maybe not lobster in Houston, but the lobster <laughs> roll there is really really good. Okay, Simon Nielsen is the head brewer at Central Waters Brewing Company in Amherst, Wisconsin. Central Waters, a pretty well-known, well-respected uh, brewery. He's been in the craft beer industry for six years, and he wrote a very interesting commentary recently, which was posted on The Growler, which is a craft beer website. There is a number of great craft beer websites out there. The Growler is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, He says, as I write this, I'm sitting at the counter of a coffee shop in my hometown of Appleton, Wisconsin. There are four cans of a fruited hazy IPA and pastry stouts available and a tap line of God knows what. I would describe them as styles that are chasing trends in the current craft beer market. However, I am also fairly often described as, among other things, a pessimist. He says, I'm a 32-year-old craft brewer. I've spent most of my career at Central Waters Brewing Company in Amherst, Wisconsin. Most of my time there is their head brewer. Uh, I shouldn't feel like the old guy in the industry yet, but I do. As <laughs> consumers are leaving flagship brands in the dust and instead clamoring for whatever the latest styles are, I am finding brewers like myself growing exhausted by the pace of releases and the constant need to push boundaries seemingly just for the sake of of doing so. And it's a very long article. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but he goes on to say that to him, 
the loss of originality is killing the heart of our, what he describes as our movement. Where have the artists gone? Where have the brewers with something to say gone? Simon Nielsen believes that craft beer is dying. All right. Your thoughts, Ian Barry. So uh, here's the problem. Everything goes through phases. Mm -hmm. And one of those phases is expansion, Mm -hmm. right? Before it calms down and and comes back into settling in. Uh, and one of the things we've seen over the last few years is the expansion of styles. Like, everyone's mm-hmm. pushing the boundary. He even says it in there, like, simply for the sake of pushing boundaries. It's going to happen. If you don't push boundaries, you don't progress. Right. Guess where you stay if you don't push the boundaries? You stay within the boundaries, which is not progression. Right. So I disagree fundamentally on that statement. Okay. Now, I get what he's saying. Okay, people are doing frivolous and crazy things. But that's a part of it. What happens is you keep pushing this envelope, you keep pushing the boundaries, and you keep going crazier and crazier until it gets to be enough. You know? Mm-hmm. The same thing happened, by the way, in the late 80s with hairband metal. It yep. got so ridiculous that everyone said, okay, we don't even want guitar solos anymore. And then you mm-hmm. had. And then suddenly no guitar solos. No guitar solos. And you had like the rawest sounding, sounds like you made it in a garage. So I think. And we called it alternative music, right? I mean, they were grunge. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, sure, sure. Grunge was part of alternative. Whatever. Make it make sense. But you get the idea. So I think what's going to happen is the same thing. They're going to go through the same kind of trends. Everyone's pushing. We're going to make so many crazy things that are so far out, and we're going to figure out what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And that's a very important part of progress, what doesn't work. And then from what doesn't work, we're going to figure out what really does work or when those things work you know and right. then from there you start narrowing it down and you start creating a more artisan atmosphere within the quote unquote boundaries that he's talking about i think that a lot of people have really had difficulty with the emergence of the new england slash hazy slash juicy ipas i think, I think some great, people have way. loved Delicious. them and some people have felt like okay here we go. This is just the millennials. The, it's just the a bottom trend. Line it's is, just, you know what I mean? Beer has to go through its Pollock stage. Uh, and I'm going to, yes, that's that's a very I good mean, way to put it. Frankly, what boundaries was Pollock attached to on that? You know? Yeah. And and his paintings actually sell. You know that, yes. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, they're worth more than $20. Yeah. 20 right. bazillion. So, but they've got, we've got to get to that point. Well, I, I'm going to approach this the way I approach music, which is this. If you like Justin Bieber, enjoy the hell out of Justin Bieber. I hope that you won't limit yourself to just that, but like what you like. It's okay. If you like progressive rock that is really complex and requires virtuoso musicianship to play, awesome. Glad you can appreciate it. But don't take a dump on every other style of music just because it isn't that. Uh, are you getting on to me about teasing you about Chevelle? No, <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. But, but yes, <laughs> but yes, absolutely. But no, I am actually but, just teasing you. Yeah, right? but here's the thing: like what you like, it's okay. Guess what? If you actually tap your toes when Old Town Road comes on, don't be embarrassed about it. It is what it is. 
Now, uh, there's plenty of styles of music that I don't really appreciate or like. I'm a little polarized by that last statement. So give me it's just okay. a moment on that one. Honestly, I threw that one in there just to mess with you. Like I, I, but, I'm but, having but a hard time. I'm still processing it. I'm having a hard time you, coping but, with that. But one. do you tap your toes? No. Okay, then then that is what it is all by like, itself. I actually have a visceral reaction to that song. It makes me like vomit a little bit in the back of my throat. And it's also been number one in the charts for longer than like any other song in the current. Oh era. yeah, absolutely, right. but, absolutely. But and I'm not trying to defend Old Town Road. My point is, if that's what you like, like it, love it, live in it, wallow in it. If you like Cardi B, who I think has about as much talent as that bottle cap that you like. Twisted and screwed up over there. Actually, that bottle like cap it. has a funny phrase on the bottom of it. Oh, okay. Well, it has definitely more talent than the there, Cardi B. Yeah. But the point is, if that's what you like, like it. Don't let some old curmudgeon like me who doesn't get it. I don't get Cardi B. I think she's talentless Instagram whore. But that's just me. You know? I don't understand how you really feel. I know. <laughs> I'm unclear about this. You're gonna, but You're going to have to dumb that down for me. But if that's what you <laughs> like, like it. It's okay. You know what I mean? Like, no one should tell you what you have to like, I guess is what I'm getting at. And so I bring this now back to beer. If you like juicy IPAs, it, it, listen, if you like Bud Light with lime, go for it. Like, I don't like it. I think it's horrible. But if that's what you what like, about like Maddie it. Daddy? Uh, with like know. an 8% or 9% alcohol. Uh, I got a little bit of fondness for anything with the Natty name on it. <laughs> I got to tell you. Okay, yeah. we're, uh, Natty challenge. Like, challenge Natty Bo, Natty, we're uh, going to have to have 80s day here. Okay. Where both of us bring 240s of something different. My wife will not listen to that show. She hates the whole 80s thing. But it's 240s of something different. Oh, gotcha. That gotcha, equals gotcha. 80s. That's buddy. 80s day. Okay. All right. We, That'll we, be 80s day for we'll us. We'll do 80s day. We each bring in 240s. I like it. <laughs> I like they it. have to be legit 40 ounces. They can't be like Shiner in a big bottle because okay. that's actually 32 ounces. That's actually 32. It's okay. 40 right. I'm going to see if I can still find some of that Little King's cream ale that they used to have <laughs> in the 40s. I used to drink that, man. College. Woo! <laughs> yeah, buddy. No, but here's what I'm saying. Like what you like. I but like what you like, but don't limit your world to that. Yeah. Be free. Feel free to try other things. And I would say to Well, that's our- why I'm so amazed. Okay. Like, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but uh, that's why I'm so amazed about people who drink. A lot of macro brew drinkers mm-hmm. homogenize their drinking to the point where that's literally the only expression they ever drink. Right. Like they will drink, I'll drink Miller Lite. And if they're out of Miller Lite, I might bring myself down to Bud Lite or something like that or vice versa. And it's amazing that it's literally like, how do you, would you go to a restaurant and drink the same thing or eat the same thing day after day, day after, after day. day after day after day after day after day after day? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that, like, I just can't live my life like that. My uh, buddy and business partner, Pat, uh, is primarily, I mean, he he doesn't like IPAs, mm-hmm. the heavy beers he can't, he can't really deal. Uh, he has no problem with a Miller Lite or a Bud Light. Know what his new favorite beer is? What's that? 805 from Firestone Walker. So good. Which I introduced him to, and he's like, man. So good. This is delicious. Yes. So there you go. It's somebody who has a palate that likes this particular kind of thing, but wasn't afraid to try something new and go, wow, I I taste that. I get it. That's the flavor. And so so that's what I say to you. Like what you like. Enjoy what you like. But be open to trying other things and that's the thing that i the reason i think craft beer isn't dying is because there's never been more things to try now i understand 
that the Sam Adams of the world, that the um, uh, Sierra Nevadas of the world, that some of the first trailblazers of craft beer are struggling right now because people are having a tendency to go with whatever's newest, whatever's the latest, whatever's getting the latest, you know, four and a half plus rating on Untapped. I get it. I understand how that can be a little frivolous. But at the same time, that doesn't mean the brewers shouldn't be trying for those ratings. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't be trying to do things that that crowd enjoys. All I would say to that crowd is, remember how we got here. I have a bit of method, okay? All right. So uh, one of the things that I – because I like different flavors. It depends on my mood. It depends on a lot of things. What Am I Am I going to smoke a cigar? Am I right. just sitting around? It depends. So I like a lot of different beers, and mm-hmm. I like them for different reasons. Um but I like them all for one overall major reason, because they all taste good. Right. They all hit my palate, and I like them. So one of the things that I've taken to doing, especially since we've talked about overlooking some of the some of the absolute uh, uh, groundbreakers in our industry, mm-hmm. like Sierra Nevada, like uh, New Belgium, like uh, like Sam Adams, Sam like Adams. So many. What I've taken to doing is when I go <laughs> in to the grocery store, I'll buy a six pack of those beers that I always liked, mm-hmm. that I generally overlook because I'm like, oh, what's new? What's different? Sure. And I just buy it and toss it in my fridge. And what's cool about that is now when I look in my fridge, I have a bunch of super classic, awesome beers, and sometimes that's what I want. Yeah. You know, I'm because the other problem I had before I started doing that is my fridge is full of Belgian quads, right, and triples, and that's not always and what you all want. All of these beers that are hard to find and hard to get, and or super expensive, and are all like these giant. Oh, like this. Uh, I was just about to say one of those beers is on Mister Twirly Gig right now. And how do we decide to pronounce that? Well, you you went to some sort of a translation <laughs> app. Uh, I did, and we uh, forgot it by yeah, now already. Sicatale or something. Sicatale, like that. I think. And by the way, knowing if you look, that's red lasers. Yeah. And blue lasers. Okay. And the big white part is knowing that is half of the battle. Well, it's good to know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that went right over my head. I hope it did over I yours did as well. Uh, yeah. Did you uh, never watch GI Joe? Yes, I love GI Joe. Is half the battle. I know. I love. I love GI Joe. <laughs> I don't. So, you know. I actually looked up how to pronounce that. And um, yeah, I want to say it was Sicatale. I heard you, you did it during the break. Here we go. Let's. Yeah, uh, you let's did it during the one. break. This one right. had a long lead into it. Mm, I hate that. So we're gonna sit here and we're gonna listen for a second. See what it says. It's gonna say. How do you pronounce? Skittily. Skittily. Oh, see, I should remember that. It's like Skittles. It's like you took the word Skittles and the word Italy and combined them. Oh, that was it. Skittily. 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 So right. Skittily. So this is the- Sicatale, I was saying. What is my freaking problem? <laughs> Skytail. I don't know. I don't Sicatale. know. How do you say these words? Sicatale. Man, uh, that's not, I'm not pretentious at what all. What is this language that we yeah. speak? <laughs> um, so Skittily. 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 So tell me about Skittily, Ian. Because uh, you, d- you did bring this beer in and- uh, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to taste like Malort, so I'm excited. <laughs> All right. So this is a barrel-aged imperial stout from Ooh, Great wow. Basin. Uh, well, Great is, Basin, first of all, what, a, mm-hmm. what an awesome brewery they are. The bottle is worth a 10-cent refund. I think that I think that the uh, brew master at Great Basin, I bet he doesn't feel like craft beer is dying. Probably not. I hope yeah. not, because yeah. I want him to keep making some. Now, this is a... Uh, a 2018 expedition release. Okay. Um, this is a eight, uh, 11.8%. Mm. Uh, it says. So it's on the lighter side for you. Age at 55 degrees. I might have been 
keeping it colder than that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that works out. But um, I'm pretty excited about trying it. I think you should Oh, be. it comes in this great looking oh what a great i, I love when yeah, beers go big, that extra the packaging box yes. packaging so it's yeah. pretty extra special mm-hmm. i don't know if there's extra story on it oh there is it's uh, here you know what i'm gonna let you take care of that while okay. i do this uh and this uh this beer comes from sparks nevada which is the home of the uh great basin brewing company uh and the date on this box is december 18th 20, is that 2018, Ian, yeah, 2018. or 2016? It almost looks like a, a six. Uh, it says, late in 2016, charred oak bourbon barrels were successfully and carefully filled with pitch black elixir, fated to undergo a transformation. There it would condition under the watchful gaze of our brewmaster, waiting for the perfect moment to emerge. After countless evaluations, the time came 427 days later, Hence the four two seven in the ah, uh, in the name. Okay. Uh, the oak had weaved its way throughout Skittily. I almost said Sicitale. Sicitale. <laughs> I like Sicitale. That sounds like an Italian sports car. Um, uh, it had uh, weaved its way through uh, Skittily, uh, imparting the lively symphony of flavors and aroma that our brewmaster sought. Uh, meander through the mysteries of four twenty seven Skittily, but remember that few expeditions we set out upon. Unfurl to predictable fashion. That's well written, by the way. Nice. And uh, so day number 427 uh, was the day the brewmaster said, yep, that's what we wanted. And so that's where this uh, that's, that's where this came from. Over a year in that cask. Yeah. Substantial amount of time. Mm. I'm going to tell you, uh, this is wow. silky delicious. It's it, it almost smells silky, if that's possible, because I haven't taken a taste yet. Like, and you said silky about the time that silky. the There's aromas were hitting my no nose. no carbonation to this. Yeah. Uh, and I'm fine with that. This is, it has the consistency of a black coffee. Yes. That was rebrewed. Um, it has very little carbonation. It has some coffee and chocolate flavors, and it has mm-hmm. absolute deliciousness going on. Well, I will tell you, Ian, this falls right into the category that we were mentioning earlier about it's a uh, it's a bomber it's delicious but it's a conversation starter like when mm. you drink this you can't help but go okay what are you getting in there obviously there's big 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 coffee almost like an espresso uh sort of a a, a deep coffee flavor the after the aftertaste of this is imagine you had uh, a pan in the oven that had caramel uh, treats on it mm-hmm and there's a little bit of caramel that dripped mm, off onto treats. the pan and just burnt, like just okay. into a crispiness. So when uh, when I was a, a, a bachelor in my 20s, I used to buy this stuff that I think was about 8,000 calories per serving. <laughs> I want to say it was Orville Redenbacher, but it was a microwave popcorn. But it was a caramel microwave popcorn. Oh, mercy. So what happened was you buy the package, and it has the little pack of microwave popcorn. But then it also has this this thing of, like, caramel, like solid caramel, like solid in the way a stick of butter like is solid. Like a block, solid. yeah. Yeah, like a block. And so what you would do is you would open – you would uh, pop the popcorn to a certain point, then you would take it out of the microwave. You would drop the – chunk of caramel goo <laughs> right. into it close the top coagulated coagulated caramel. yes you close the top and uh, and and let me tell you uh, then you would microwave it the rest of the way and let me tell you it was freaking delicious 
it was so good. But I have no idea what that caramel stuff was. But I am tasting it in this uh, <laughs> skittily. This is in, this in, is in a very good way, by the way. Well, the nice thing about it, and then the uh, the finish on this has that oak, like that astringent oak, mm-hmm. and it just leaves your mouth watering for the next sip of it. So I, I'm really curious. It it may not have been tasted on day 426, but certainly it must have been on 420 or 415 or you know like what was it that wasn't quite was where the brewmaster bit, yeah. wanted it to be but on 427 he said boom bingo this is it yeah well it would be so fascinating to know that this is delicious this is a great barrel aged stout right here this mm. is worthy of uh passing around and talking about absolutely this and this it really reminds me of Really, the whole thing that got us started actually doing the show, other than the concept yeah. of samples. But it was like, you know, to be able to taste something and just really talk about it, mm-hmm. it more so than reviewing it. It's it's talking about it. You I know wish. What I, mean? I wish that I had the cigar from this morning to go with this mm. right now. That would have been. So I bet good. it would that be terrific. That and the coffee on the. I side. bet it would be terrific. So good. But here I got. Uh, you know what? Uh, Keegan came in earlier. Mm-hmm. And he heard us talking about TX whiskey. Yes, and I bet the TS TX whiskey goes well. With is that it. what this That's is right what here? That is, by the mm, way. I bet that will go well. Uh, oh he wow! Had some, he had some TX whiskey just on the uh, nose. Holy mm-hmm. cow! Oh boy, you're right. That does go well. And now I'm getting all this caramel. Yeah. Out of the TX whiskey, yeah. like almost like I had eaten one of those. Remember the caramel candies that your grandma used to have? They were wrapped in plastic. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, are you talking about? Yeah, like yeah. Those, those, yeah, like, you know what I'm Charles talking about. They were like, were like that, yeah. Like. I remember the Charleston Chew, but I but I was talking about those ones that your grandma would have them. And they'd be wrapped in the clear plastic, and it's, and it's like tied in almost like a oh, little bow yeah, at both yeah. ends, and you'd unravel it, and it was just a solid caramel like crafts or crofts or crofts. I think crofts, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start with a K. Yeah. Right? Because he had to spell it with the that, wrong letter to make it stand out. That's what I'm getting on the TX whiskey yeah. after the um, Skittily. I keep wanting to call it Sikitale. They totally should have called it Sikitale. Oh, the Skittily takes on even another dimension after you do that. Mm-hmm. It gets more depth and more uh, more of the darker and more of the woody flavors. A little, less, tra- uh, a little less coffee and more of the wood and oak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really fascinating how things like that, you know, not everything goes together. But, boy, when something does. I do want to point out, there's some floaties in there, buddy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, look at that. Are, are they? Ch- well, you know, let there's them There's some floaties out. in that one. <laughs> I wouldn't call it chunky, but there's some floaties, and it's pretty darn good. Yeah, well, the beer that I'm, I always refer to when I'm giving you a hard time about that, that you brought in around, I don't know, show number 70 or something, dude, it wasn't just chunky. Those were like chewy chunks. They were like that was that was vintage ale. I it was think like it was finding like a some sort of raisin or in your seven. Yeah, yeah, that one would stick to your teeth. I get it. Yeah. But it was delicious. I, I, yeah, yeah. I just didn't like. I I would have I would have preferred that it be poured through some sort of a strainer. I will point out that you like some IPAs that will actually scour your teeth, mm-hmm. and that that's not attractive to me. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather have beer sticking to my teeth than. Taking the finish off. Well, uh, this beer does neither. 
uh, this, this beer is, just yeah, this is absolutely delicious, absolutely delicious, and what a what a way to finish out the show. Uh, Ian, is this something? Do you remember? Did you get this locally? Is this something somebody brought to you? Or I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think I got this on uh, the Tavor app. Oh, okay. Actually. Yeah. Well, that may be that may be the case. And boy, they've they've had some interesting. Uh, some interesting things there. I can't and, remember if I got out there. Uh, this is from Great Basin, which is in mm. uh, Great Basin, which is in um, Nevada, right? Nevada, Nevada, Sparks, Nevada. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably where I got it. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say well, I might have gotten it. I might have gotten it from Adam, but that would have been more West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's possible too because you know Nevada is a little more west of us, so mm-hmm. it's possible I got it from him as well. Well, I don't remember which one I got it from. Well, and he certainly brought some interesting beers. Yes, he by did. the way, uh, you know what was it? Two weeks, three weeks later, I'm still dreaming about that pecan beer. That pecan that he beer got was in and that was from uh, was it Arizona, uh, Nevada, New Arizona, New Mexico? It's from, it was from New Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, you have to go back and uh, and check out that show. I think it was number one forty nine. Oh my god, that pecan ale! Like I, I, I want to, so I want to drive there and bring back a car full. <laughs> right? That's how good it was. And listen. Pecan is not my first thought. Like, hey, what would you like your beer to taste like? Hey, pecan. No, not my first thought, but that was great. Well, it's interesting because that was a pecan ale, not a pecan porter. So we have Mm -hmm. the 512, which is out of Austin. 512 is Austin. And out of this world good. And so good. Their 512 pecan porter is Mm -hmm. so amazing. But this was completely different. But that was very different. Yeah, it was very different. And I want to give a hands. uh, I want to give a uh, shout out to uh, Great Basin. Thank you guys for making this Mm -hmm. amazing beer. That we're trying here. Uh, thank you to uh, Toppling Goliath. You guys mm-hmm. absolutely killed it with the New World Lager Bells. Thank you so much for uh, making a beer that my friend likes a whole bunch. And the uh, the boys in Scotland at Glenglassach. Yeah, that was so good. Uh, I know I'm butchering your name, but I'm just trying to uh, have fun with it. Uh, Glenglassa Revival. That's if probably you, it, Glenglassa. If you find it, buy it. That's all I will say about as as a sort of a final uh, review. If, of if that. you're ever curious about the name, you just say Glenn and then mumble something. Glenn Hofstra. Yeah, Glenn Hofstra. That's so bad, right? Yeah, yeah it is. It really is. No, that was a fantastic so, whiskey. It really was, and it really, it, it's another one of those shows where I think we liked pretty much everything. I was obviously bigger on the pale ale than you were, but uh, it really everything was pretty darn yeah. good. No, yeah, it's so. Just- yeah, uh, we had the we had the we had the deck stacked for us. I, so I think I one. teased this last week. Uh, we didn't get to it uh, that we were going to get to it this week, and we didn't. Uh, but we will definitely talk next week about the artificial tongue. Uh, this is this is a real thing. It's a scientific breakthrough. This artificial tongue that they can use to uh, to have it taste whiskey, and it can detect counterfeits. So if you if you're drinking a counterfeit bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, it will know. Uh, and so hopefully it will help fewer of those things actually ever make oh. uh, the store shelves. So we'll uh, we'll keep you posted. The only that. the only I, I see a little issue with that. How do you have the artificial tongue taste your bottle? I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah. I, I don't know. So we'll we'll delve into this next week and try to find out how the artificial tongue works and, make you go? and where hmm. where it might come into the whiskey. Uh, uh, you know, bottling and and distilling and and distribution line, <laughs> as it were. Uh, so we have that to uh, to look forward to uh, for next week's show. And I believe I'm just going to do a quick check on my calendar here, but I believe we have a special guest. Yes, we do. Michael Gallagher from Trinchetto Spirits will be on with us, and he'll be bringing some spirits for us to try. So spirits uh, to try right now, right now. 
Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna bury that one. I think we're done with the right now. I, I don't know if I can. Yeah, you. Like I want to say it all the you time. You got to. Like I actually want to say it. Uh, right now I was going to say When do you want to say it uh, Right now uh, Well this has been a, a, a really great show For tasting I want to thank uh, uh, Keegan once again For allowing us To taste the uh, uh, The whiskey The revival Which is uh, Which is really terrific and, In Spanish uh, That's Ribibili uh, Ribibili Ribibili Yeah uh, La revival La Ribibili Yeah Which is Spanish For the revival uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian Coulter. <laughs> My uh, translation Wiki prowess. Brian, Wiki Brian get uh, got the uh, 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 he paid paid us a compliment, and now he's uh, now yes, he's yes, wishing yes, perhaps yes. he hadn't. He's he's got regret, and I, and I don't <laughs> and I don't blame him. Uh, have a great week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. If you have a chance to try the Sikitali or the. Uh, uh, skittily, as they call it, uh, <laughs> enjoy it. Uh, enjoy it. Skytail. Uh, yeah, Ian, this is a fun show. Thanks for uh, thanks for everything. You got to put the emphasis on the right syllable. You really, indeed, you do. Um, have a wonderful week, my friends. Thank you for joining us for smoking and toasting, and uh, cheers. <laughs> that was a school awesome.